Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host, Calderness. This episode, we are going to be talking about the Oxit Auction, the Scott Porter Pog, building in Silver Age, and more importantly, building in Modern Age after Wonder Woman has come out. This is episode 362. Howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how many six yeah. people think I am funny? It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which absolute fools? It's not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clicks like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, back some Let's attack him. Wow, wow, wow. Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com. You can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. Make sure you check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you can use code DIAL5. That's D I A L 5. 5% off your Cool Stuff Inc. order. That's pretty darn neat. Joining me, like always, is. Billion Clicks Bruce, the current Dial H for Hero Clicks champion, Simeon. What's good in the hood, my man? I just want the record to show that I am a fan of the koala bear. Mm. Since non-Patreon members will have no idea what that conversation was about, I want them to also be aware that I am, yes, in fact, a fan of koalas. Whether or not they are, in fact, a bear. Yeah, when you think about it, they're pretty weak on the bear scale, right? Like, they're pretty low-tier bears. Yeah, how many koalas does it take to fight a panda off? Like a full-sized panda versus koala bear. Let's say they're both, like, bloodlusted. Which one wins? I don't know. I think the panda wins, right? Panda might just kill itself. They're big. But they're real dumb Why would the panda kill itself? Because they're they're just real dumb and clumsy. Like what? falls out of a tree and just ends itself. Like rolls down a hill. Are we gonna use this for the show? Are we gonna keep going? Are we gonna restart? I honestly don't. No, this is quality. This is quality. Oh, we're keeping it. All right, shoot, we're keeping it. Hey, Simeon, I'm just gonna skirt around that and say, uh, what made you happy this week, my man? All right, what made me happy this week? Animal fights. Yeah, Please. besides Please. hosting exotic animal fights uh, to the oh, fri- no. to the friendship, um, like Mortal <laughs> Kombat. To know your location. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I had a couple things that made me happy this week. So I went to okay. Rock and Bingo at the Nebraska Brewing Company. They host Rock and Bingo, where it's like bingo, but you have to hear like the music and figure out who like the artist is and what the name of the song is to cross out. The little bingo square. I lose every time because I'm not exactly what okay. you would consider somebody that enjoys popular music or, yeah, just popular music. <laughs> um, but it's a fun time. Met some cool people, talked to like some uh, cool people, and then there's also a random magician that appeared, and that was horrifying. But, uh, mm. you know, he's, he, you know, doing his best, I guess. Um, and then I played some like board games and stuff later on, so that was also really fun. Played my epic wizard battles card game, which I still oh, yeah, I have like show me that. yeah, I have like four expansions, and I've only ever played the first one because it's so convoluted. I'm afraid to get into the expansions where it gets even more convoluted. 
Um, I played that one. I played some other random games, but yeah, it was just a it was a good weekend. Cool, man. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Uh, this week, I also had a couple different things that made me happy. I was late on the train with popular things, as I often am, and finished Invincible. That was neat. I kind of want to pick up the comics now. I'm I'm one of those people that Simeon was complaining about last week. Who uh, who and I would have. I'll t- I'll tell you this. I would have never ever in a million years picked up an Invincible comic if not been for the Think Mark Think meme because it bothered me so much. I didn't understand the joke. Oh, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna yeah, watch Invincible the, the now. Episode eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've read the comics. But the first eight episodes is roughly like the first twelve issues That's, of the comic. Uh, only twelve, really? Yeah, they Dude, really like like everything that <sighs> happens in the first eight episodes is like pretty early on in the comics. It gets a lot See, weirder and a lot darker honestly, in like certain spots. With the way for how fast they made the show go by, but with how many different storylines were in each episode, made me feel like this was the first like 30 or 40 books. And honestly, like it seriously felt like they packed that much in because it's eight months, right? It's like eight or nine months is this show. So I figured it was like longer. You know, and I and I know how comic books and months work and whatever. So I know it's obviously not one to one. Yes, I'm not a baby when it comes to comic books. I've read them before, but like still, still, I just figured it was longer. Um, yeah, dude, good show. Uh, a few other things. I went down to a pizza shop this week. It was really good. It was across the border into Nebraska, um, and we just oh, enjoyed yeah. it. Had a good time. And then uh, this weekend, huge, big for me. Uh, for those that remember uh, that I've been doing professional wrestling style training, uh, and for those that enjoy kayfabe, they can skip ahead <laughs> a little while. Um, but I was able to finally wrestle in front of a crowd at Big's Bar in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I got to be the masked enforcer. So what the promotion does is every time they got a new guy or newer people, Instead of just sticking them out in front of a crowd and the new and you know people like ah oh, this dude sucks and boo him and then it's like well dang man sorry they know your face and your body now so they're just gonna kind of hate you forever uh, what they do is they give you a mask and these like black baggy clothes and they make you the enforcer um, and then you wrestle under that guys for you know a few events and whatever to get you used to get your nerves to calm down a little bit uh, when you're performing in front of other people and to not. To not screw up so much, to not look bad, make yourself look bad just because you're new. Um, so I I did that. I wrestled as the enforcer. I invited my family to come down and watch it, which was great. Um, he put me uh the way we did the card. We we figured out who all was going to be there that night because you know people kind of do be canceling pretty short notice. And he ended up putting me in two matches in on my first night, which my body is hurting. It is it is hurting bad. Uh. I, I might link if I if they don't here's the thing. Um I'm pretty I'm pretty bad at it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm doing my best. I am doing my best, but uh it's not something that is easy. I've never been an athlete, I've never been a, a particularly talented or gifted person in that realm. So it's I'm a little stiff and I did kick one of my opponents in the balls uh on purpose slash accident. <laughs> And I did not mean to. I was trying to do one of those like fake kicks, um, and I I hit him square in the junk, and I felt so bad, dude. I felt so bad. Um, second thing, uh, were you, were I can't you playing hear a very heel, well. Though 
Was it like I was a heel? The mask okay. enforcer is a bad guy. So, okay, so that's so what least, I do is yeah, I do like kicks, at least fits character kicks and strikes right away. You know, run them into the corner. You know, make the ref have to push me off them. Maybe do a cheap shot, stuff like that. Like we were doing all this stuff to get heat. Uh, like I said, if you want to keep kayfabe and you think wrestling is one thousand percent real, uh, you're gonna want to skip all of this. Um, so I I'd obviously talked out all the matches with my opponents that night, and I was gonna try to follow the script as best I could. And just listen to when they would call things to me in the match. When we would lock up and they would like whisper, you know, like, hey, man, we're going to do a slam now. Take a run off the ropes, take a tackle or like whatever. Right. Um, stuff like that. Anyways, hey, uh, make contact with hey. my balls. <laughs> Kick me square. In <laughs> no, the nuts. Somebody said <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and as soon as I did it, he was like, oh, God, like like he is like whatever air was left in his lungs, like escaped. And he's like, oh, and I was like, oh, did I act? And he's like, kick me again. And I'm like, Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, dude, it was so bad, That's but it awesome. was a great match because it was a great match because I took the pedigree like a champ, by the way. So in, in like the course of like two minutes, I take the pedigree. I kick out at two. I slowly climb back up. He goes in for an RKO. I push him off. I pick him up to do an angle slam. He gets out of it, tries to uh, RKO me again. I try to give him the rock bottom. He gets out of it. And then then he actually RKOs me and then he pins me. And it's just a really sweet uh, set of moves that I, I hope like because when I'm wrestling, it's like this glaze goes over my eyes and I'm just in a haze like that Mr. Krabs meme where he's like surrounded by people. And it's like all that that swirl effect around him. That's how it feels, especially when I'm wearing this awful hard to breathe in mask that's just no one has washed ever um yeah we've already talked about wrestling for way too long but i had a really good time doing my matches um wrestling fans might be my least favorite fans they <laughs> they suck i hate them so much uh, and here's why and here's why when i was a referee they booed me they didn't like me and i'm like it's fine whatever now when i'm this guy i've already gotten slammed once at this point in one of these matches and I landed correctly. I was fine. But then they said, again, again, or what did they say? One more time, one more time. And I'm like, I hate your oh, chance. There's out for blood. Nothing, yeah. nothing more in pro wrestling do I hate more than chance. He slammed me again. And then they said, make it three, make it three. And I was like, ah. And I was like, Jackson, are you really going to pick me up again? And he's like, we have to. And I'm like, do we? Do we have to <laughs> do we? And before and before I could even like get most of that out? I was in the air. He's strong, man. I, I barely had to jump for him for him to get me up. Um, and I weigh like 190 pounds uh, anyways. And, and I was on the ground again. And I was like, can I kick out it too? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. I wanted to say, can you just pin me? Can we be done? <laughs> can I <laughs> can I go? Home? How about this? Uh, I don't want to end sound like here. a baby. End it here. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Here's here's your chant. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really good. And if those matches get uploaded within a week or two, I might send them out on the Patreon for sure. Or then my private Facebook, probably not on our Dial H Facebook page. But if you are interested in those links, go ahead and contact the show. But we've talked we've talked too much about that, but it was it was fun. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, you're gonna do it again. Let's just go ahead and jump into the news we have this week. All right, so really quickly, uh, we had a live stream 
this week, uh, Scott Porter and the woman made out of cardboard, I mean, the Muse, uh, did a live stream uh, talking about some more Silver Age clarifications and also showing off the Scott Porter hog. So really, really, really quickly, uh, here's the stuff for the Silver Age. Here's the new ban list. This is a full ban list. Um, we only had a small portion last week when we talked about building. So Silver here's Age, the ban list. Yeah, and here's Silver some Age already has a ban list, and this is an additional ban list specifically for the Scott Porter Invitational. For this, this event. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the Penguin, Blackbird, Legion, all ID cards. We already knew that. Goblin King, Unimind, the Secret Wars, Chase, Gauntlet, Black Panther. 060 Joker's Wild Joker. The Lasso of Truth. Thank the Lord. Uh, the Lasso of Truth. The XDPS Dark Phoenix. TMNT Mini Shredder. Uh, the Vulture, obviously. Uh, Scarab. Bishop, Prime Bishop, Mudman, like, come on, Mudman, uh, okay. Yeah, Jakeem seems... Thunder, and I, I'm also kind of like, Jakeem Thunder, like, uh, okay. Uh, Lord Doom, Ultimate Nullifier, and then the 005B Microphone Batman. Yeah. <sighs> so, opinions on this. The reason... That's the new ban list. <laughs> the, the reason why, I had someone ask this question, the reason why the Ultimate Nullifier was banned... Oh, yeah, Ultimate Nullifier. ...is actually a super simple reason. So... It's because the way the ultimate nullifier is worded. Power, choose an opposing character within six squares in line of fire, then choose a number from one to six to be X and roll a D6. If the result mm. is higher than X, deal X damage to the chosen character. If the result is lower than X, deal X damage to this character. If the result is equal to X, deal X damage to both characters. So basically... Um, with that object, there's certain characters that either, so certain characters like that haha Joker that is banned, there's certain characters that just, mm -hmm. or like Daredevil from Earth X that don't care if they're KO'd or if they take damage or whatever, maybe they like reduce damage in some fashion or just completely like subvert how they would take damage. And so the ultimate nullifier becomes like a very powerful tool where I can say like things like four or five and it doesn't matter if it damages me because the character I have it equipped to is not nearly as fragile as the character I'm using it against. Um, so that makes sense. Things that don't make sense to me yeah. are the fact that they banned a lot of pick a power characters. Like, uh, I, I mean, I understand 100% why they banned Goblin King um, Unimind also makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the reason why they banned those characters makes sense. But then there's like several figures that they kind of forgot about, I guess. Like the the rare Franklin Richards for 65 points with an 11 click long dial. He can do the same thing as Goblin King. He can pick three powers. So he can have impervious shape change super senses with power cosmic. And yes, he might take three unavoidable damage, but I mean, he might also only take one. So it's it's strange that they left him in there when they had, you know, Jakeem Thunder and uh, Goblin King and Unimind in there. I think they, I don't know if they just missed him or if they were just like, no, he takes damage. So, you know, it's fine. Even though he can do the exact same thing, except, I, I don't know, slightly better than Jakeem for the points, I think. I would say uh, definitely better than Jakeem. Uh, but yeah. Honestly, after playing a few games with the Nullifier, kind of sucks, dude. Like, 
Yeah, it's I'm not gonna to lie. Like, on. I gotta pick a... a number, and I gotta be like, "Well, yeah. if I roll more than it, you will take damage." But it's like, okay, so I can't choose six because I can't physically roll more than a six. So the most I can choose is five, which right. means I gotta roll six. Or it's like, so like, let's say, what's the easiest number to do? Uh, three. Okay, I get to deal a whole three damage just so I don't have to roll an attack. But then it's this fifty-ish, you know, like fifty-fifty sort of whatever. I don't. I'm not. I don't. Not a nerd. I don't care about math. I'm not going to tell you the probability of it. You can figure that out for your own. You're an adult, um, but I don't care. Anyways, like you choose like three, okay? <clears throat> you only you can only fail on two options, right? Because if you're using Daredevil, if you also roll a three, then it's fine, uh, or whoever. So cool. I dealt you three damage, mediocre amount of damage for not having to roll an attack, but instead roll this die, which is totally like I can't prob it, I can't whatever. It's just it's just I roll it, can't replace it, so. I don't know, dude, Nullifier kind of sucks, dog. Like, except for maybe the fact that you can deal damage to your character to activate them. Like, if I wanted to activate uh, Lex Luthor, like the new Red Sun Lex Luthor, oh, sure. I could be like, five, ultimate Nullifier. See if I can deal you five damage somehow or deal us both five damage and I'll just hit my stop click. Like, then maybe that's kind of cool. But, yeah, nah, man, I don't think Nullifier's that good. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm an idiot. I'm not a competitive player. I'm not, not yeah. Not so I'm not a hundred percent sure on. But I'm not seeing the nullifier being that good, man. I'm not it's sure too. How the, it's too. The new it's rules were unavoidable. If uh, unavoidable gets through stop clicks, then like maybe that's. Well, it's not unavoidable. It's just damage. It's just deal X damage. It's not oh, unavoidable it's not damage. Unavoidable. Okay. Yeah, it's just no, damage. Yeah, it's normal. It's not penetrating, not unavoidable. It's just see, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's not even so... penetrating. It's just damage. Like it sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Bro, ultimate nullifier is kind of dog, bro. Like you kind of, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's that great. Yeah, that um, means that like yeah, if you're not doing at least three, most figures are reducing it. So yeah, yeah. you have to you have to kind of go for like the big numbers, uh, four, five, six to really make it. Well, six clearly doesn't help you unless you're playing haha ha Joker, someone that doesn't care about being damaged. Um, but yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's kind of bad deal for you. It is interesting that they, I mean, and greater minds than those on this podcast uh, put together this ban list. And by that, I mean, you know, people who overthink Heroclix to the extent where they're going to ban things like Jakeem Thunder, who won a world's... Wait, Dude, no. he's did he? No, I don't think he did. Too many points um, and not viable anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I just fully not. think Jakeem Thunder is 140. Sorry, he's good lord. It's 140 points. He has sidestep, ESD, and prob. Yeah, he's an 11 for four with eight range. He also targets. had Murata, so it's not like he's even yeah. the full power that he once was. He's like he chooses two entire standard powers. Wow, two standard only pa- one like, can two do standard powers, power. and there's like a huge caveat on it. Because huge caveat. Yeah, it's uh, what? It's like, not even only protected out later. Defense wave or anything. So you can't Dude, double up on defense. Jakeem Thunder sucks, guys. <laughs> he sucks. Bam, bam. You're on some goop, bro. This guy is brutal under 221 rules. Uh, on the 221, good lord. On the 2021 rules. Also pairing these two with the soul gem is insane. It's not insane, bam. You're an idiot, bro. Let's double check. What's bam on HC realms? Let's check. Oh, I'm not yeah. locked in. All right, give me a second yeah. so we can talk about something. I want to Bam berate this gentleman realms. a few more. Uh, yeah. yeah, so 
The other thing that I really, you know, I understand why it's banned, but I really wish it wasn't is Fast Forces Penguin. Because Fast Forces Penguin does something that most characters in Heroclix don't let you do. And that is he lets friendly adjacent characters target him with an attack. Now that does lead you to like, you know, anytime that a character has like a effect where they need to attack or uh, after hitting with an attack, it does something does for 25 points. It does a lot. That being said, I think the whole point of Silver Age is to let you reach back and grab these characters like 24, 25 point fast forces penguin that does a lot because i don't know mm. like that's like if they had banned anarchy they're like yeah having bombs placed would have been bad because you know it's free damage like, they want the event to be as fun as possible but if they wanted it to be more fun they should have and here's what i do i do like a little bit more about this news to bring it back to the scott porter online um they did make several they have like four prizes for fellowship which is really good which is really, really good. I yeah. was hoping, you know, you know, they would do that, and they did. And I know that was a criticism I had last week, and I'm, I'm very happy to say I'm super, super glad that they're leaning more into the fellowship. Um, I wish this event was planned further out, and then they would have got all their ducks in a row because it really feels like, and maybe it's not the way it is, but it kind of feels like they're scrambling, man, to get all this set a up. A little bit. I mean, you know? they did not. They the other part of the news that we didn't even really mention, not really worth mentioning is, uh, the comprehensive rules came out this week and it took oh, also them that. a oh my God. while <laughs> to come out with the comprehensive <laughs> rules. And this was like, this event had this event not been kicking off within a week. They probably wouldn't have bothered. Like it probably would have been pushed off even further. I don't think they would have, yeah. Um, because I've been going back and forth between the core rule book, quote unquote, core rule book. Multiple times I've said, you know, like fake news. Uh, multiple times I've said that like the core rulebook seems like a quick start guide and less like any kind of actual tangible rulebook, and no more proof is needed than reading through the core, like the comprehensive rules, and seeing all the, like the differences. There's things that are like direct one to one where the core rulebook is overridden by the comprehensive rules, and I'm like, so you just didn't have it correct in the first set of rules and that just seems very yeah. strange that you would release yeah. with a new set like yes the core rulebook works perfect for teaching a new player the basics if that character or if, <laughs> if that player wants to go beyond the basics and like play in tournaments and stuff they'll need only the comprehensive rules because the core rulebook actually is I mean, it's not only incomplete, it's just factually wrong in certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, the comprehensive rules, the biggest example in my opinion, the comprehensive rules clarifies that when you generate a character, whether it's like a you know hired flunky or a, a suited henchman, whichever, um, suited henchman more likely for this situation, you may pull from your KO area to generate that character. Like if you only have one instance, like let's say I pull a Minotaur in sealed for Wonder Woman and I pull a Maxi Zeus and I want to generate mm -hmm. that Minotaur and I make one and I've got one on my sideline. I can, I mean, it's not technically on my sideline. That's one point one. Uh, somebody KOs it and then I roll and I can generate it again. I can pull that one that was KO'd and put it on the map again. 
in the core rulebook, it says that you're not allowed to pull from your KO area. So it's like a one-to-one correlation on how they did not have it correct the first time, printed it anyways, and then had to correct it, slash didn't even really address the fact that they corrected it. It's just like the comprehensive rules overrides, which is a very strange place to be in for Heroclix. Yeah. So let me... Let's finish up Silver Age stuff just yeah. like really quickly. I'll, got I'll just say tangent, that was nothing there's one more caveat. How what it's really here. funny, um, and not to like be like, okay, Simeon, that's enough, Simeon. Uh, but it just I realized we talked for like an hour before the show, and neither us, neither of us even mentioned that the comprehensive rule book came out this week. I, yeah, I, I, I'm a bad Heroclix podcast host. I'm sorry, guys. I'll tell you right now, I read barely and none of it. Um, and I should read it. I should, but it's, it's a lot to read. It's 71 pages ish. Like I got a lot to seven do. or eight of those pages. You know, are I don't want to be like I'm busy, but like I'm kind of busy <laughs> for these comprehensive rules. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll point out a few interesting things. There were only like a handful of things that were like changed beyond the normal versus what we understood, you know, like, okay, placing objects. I'm not even going to talk about it right now. Really quick to cap silver age. There's one more caveat. Yes. Last week, you can kind of ignore our Silver Age team building because they specifically say you cannot use different versions for family relation, multiverse versions. So what does that mean? It means we cannot take the Jim Gordon, uh, like Secret Six Commissioner Jim Gordon, and then have the Barbara Gordon Commissioner from Batman the Animated Series because they're from two different universes. That Jim Gordon is from the Secret Six, Dark Mites, Metal, whatever universe, and that Barbara Gordon is from the weird whatever batman the animated series universe yeah. so if it you want to have it it would have to be both the animated gordon and the animated barbara right or just the earth x spider-man with the earth x venom you can't say well earth x well you know earth x venom has spider-man as a dad so i'll play any spider-man with it it doesn't work it has to be same universe 616 uh with dc it's a little more convoluted and complicated because their yeah, freaking Prime universe earth, has got problems whatever yeah but yeah. that's how they're doing family. So, and, and here's if, the thing: uh, if something uh, was Batman animated or JLU, it's probably not the same universe as right. Rebirth. Um, now, there's a few like exceptions to that, but for the most part, things that are JLU or Batman animated are within those like animated universes, and they're not within the uh, main DC universe. Same as like XDPS. That was a singular show within its own universe. The X-Men and like Cable and uh, Deadpool and everything from within XDPS. Yeah. They are not related to so, characters from 616 or like main X-Men sets. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also goes on to say, additionally, clones and creations are not considered appropriate to meet. I don't know why I had to use appropriate, uh, but appropriate to meet the family requirements. So that's cool. Um, here's a quick hack for all you ladies and gentlemen out there. Hey, it's Fantastic Four Future Foundation 027 Woo, 15 points. Oh, hey, it's Woo's sister, brother, whatever they are. <laughs> Vil, 10 points. Wow, that's 25 points of two family members on my team. Now I can build a 275-point team of whatever else I want. Yeah, if you're cool. okay with breaking theme, it's super easy to just throw... Vil, literally just what Calder said. Vil and Woo, throw them together, and then if you're okay with breaking theme, anything else. Um, yep. 
that being said, there are still Magic. quite a wow. few. It just it just feels like I'm really like shoeboxed into using more modern stuff, and I kind of hate that. I really wanted to yeah, use some older stuff. But even going like the Mighty Thor, I can't combine figures from the Mighty Fo- Thor with Thor Ragnarok movie because Thor Rag that's Marvel Cinematic Universe combined with Marvel, depending on which Thor I pick from the Mighty Thor, whoever I pick from the Mighty Thor. Um, it's definitely a comic version, but like some of them aren't even from main 616 universe. So uh, like Chase Thor, I don't even know if he's from main 616 or if that's like from a like silver age of comics or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it got a little bit harder. I'm fine with that because I was already trying to build like a super thematic whatever. Um, it did, I originally had like a Spider-Man, Spider-Man, uh, Mary Yeah, Jane that would have been and, so cool, but she's from What If, and that sucks. Like, yeah, all these so like that Spider-Man, that Spider-Man works with no one. Like technically that's Aunt May, but it's mm-hmm. from an alternate universe. It's an alternate universe of Aunt May, and we don't have the Peter Parker that was from that universe. So any Peter Parker that you use with Spider-Man in Heroclix is not correct as far as this yep. event goes. Um, so yeah, it just made me have to like dig a little bit deeper and build a little bit harder, which is fine. But yeah, it was it was a little frustrating because there was a lot of combos that I thought would be really fun and interesting. And again, you only have to have two characters technically that fit this requirement. So it's not like your whole team has to be from the same universe, but it would have been really cool true. to do like Helpful. spider mobile, spider man, spiderling. Uh, uh, well, Mary here's Jane, my, here's my Peter biggest upset is that you can't do your, uh, your captain Stacy and Gwen of arc. Cause I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And now you can't do that. It's a, it's a pretty big bummer. Yeah. Getting like a lot more people into Spider-Man family would have been fun, but Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, basically, Marvel What If and DC Elseworlds probably not even worth like going through as far as like building yeah. for this event. Um, ADW still has a ton of options. There's still like several people that are related in there. Um, Deadpool X Force. I don't think there's anything that works at all in there. Uh, I might be mistaken. I know Sheikla was at one point married to Deadpool. I don't think Deadpool has a kid that's clicked like in Silver Age or modern or either. child. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. Um, no one genetically like his. Um, and then again, using like the Chase Deadpools, most of those are either from different universes or again, like they just don't. You can't use pirate Deadpool with Sheikla because that's not the Deadpool that married her. Uh, if that's yeah. like what they're checking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically like, we didn't really have a fully fleshed out what is available, what is accessible kind of thing for this event. But now it's like gotten to the point where we understand a little bit more. It has to be same universe has to be like the, if it's the version that married that version of somebody or the version that had that child with somebody, it has to be, you know that version of that child. So if it's uh, Franklin Richards, it can't be Reed Richards from a universe where he never met Sue storm kind of thing. Uh, right. And et cetera. It couldn't et cetera. be like the fixer or something. Right. What's he called? Maker maker. I maker. mean, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. 
but yeah, man, that's a, that's silver. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna jump into Scott's Pog. It's not uh, it's not crazy complicated, but it is pretty cool. So he has the celebrity politician and speedster keywords. So real quick, behind the keywords, celebrity. Yeah, Scott Porter does definitely qual. He absolutely qualifies for that uh, for that keyword. Politician. Uh, he was recently on a show called Genie, Ginny and George, Ginny and George. George. I don't know. Have you not Ginny watched Ginny and George? Ginny and Georgia? It's no, actually a pretty not. good show on Netflix. It. It's not like uh, I'll take your word for it. I mean, it's not invincible, but it's actually a pretty fun show on Netflix. Yeah. You mean it's not? Whoa, it's not. And then we don't say the word invincible. Yeah, and then we, it just cut. I feel by like the they way, stole that. From I us. hate that so much. That is like so that incredibly us. stupid. We haven't even released that video, but I already feel like it was stolen. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh, they, dude. You think Ian? With <laughs> yes. Amazon. Yeah, I think and Ian secretly made Invincible this? while also making uh, the next part of the Billion Clicks Bruce and Ranch Hands Rowdy saga. Ranch Hand universe. Yeah. yeah, I think he was like, oh, I don't know what to call that. I don't either. But like, yeah, Listeners. clearly he went back in time after. <laughs> Listeners, we need. Sorry. We need like the how how we refer to Marvel Cinematic Universe as the MCU. the MCU. We need that for the Billion Clicks and Rowdy Ranch Hand Universe because the next video isn't Extreme Rules two. It's not the Extreme Rules Universe. Extreme it's Rules not. was just one. Yeah, it was like Iron Man well, one, and this is you know, Captain. It's America. like saying uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. It's not the Winter Soldier universe, or it's not the Civil War universe, right? I did Extreme Rules because recently WWE had done the horror show with Extreme Rules or Attic or whatever. And so I was like, oh, we can do the Hero Click show with Extreme Rules because I thought it was just funny. Um, but uh, then it just everybody called it Extreme Rules and they call it like the Extreme Rules universe. And me and Simeon have a bad habit of calling it that too, but like. Not every video we make with these characters is necessarily an Extreme Rules uh, match because not every WWE like event is Extreme Rules. You know what I mean? So, anyways, uh, if you guys want to do that, that'd be cool. That'd be great. Uh, but awesome, Genie and George slash Invincible slash ourselves uh, <laughs> tie Side in tangent. Yes. Yeah. Also, we're so great. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, Speedster. So he was the voice of the Flash, and then the only movie I've ever seen him in. Uh, who I didn't even know it was Scott Porter. That would be Speed Racer, and he yes. was Racer X. Who I would love that movie as a child. A child, I uh, really liked that movie. So, what does Scott Porter's dial look like? Well, first of all, he's twenty points. He is unique. He is a Whiz Kids bystander. He has six range, triple target. He is a team player. That's cool. He has seven speed with sidestep. He has an eleven attack with incapacitate. So you know he's you know. He sort of incapacitates all of Hero Clicks once an, a video gets uploaded and everybody drops whatever they're doing and they watch that video, which, I mean, that's what me and Simeon do. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been incapacitated in the middle of work multiple times. Oh, oh, very much so. Uh, yeah. And then he has one damage with a special damage power, and you're like, Calder, what does that do? And I'm like, let me tell you. It says, may all your rolls be critical hits. That's his little sign-off when he does a video. So that's pretty cool that he got sort of his catchphrase, you know, as a power. So it's sweet. Anyways, it's perplex, period. When Scott Porter uses it to target another friendly character, when that character attacks, their rolls of 10 and 11 are also critical hits this turn. This bumps your chance to roll a critical hit by like 
a lot, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot. So goes this from is two like sixes to insane. a five six, a six five, and a five five, and a six four. Yeah. Yeah. And a four six. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. There's a, yeah, there's several six, four. options. Six four is also how tall Simeon is in real life. You might not believe it, <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> I do not believe it. I believe four six over six four, but uh, I'll take it. Or uh, I'm a giant. Or five five. Yeah, over that you're not quite. You're, you're taller. If I was five, six five. four that's, that's in our extreme rules video, you'd be like six three. No, wait. Yeah, six seven. No, three inches yeah. taller. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You got it. Super perplexed, basically. May all yeah, it's insane. Hits. Then his sidestep is called roll R O L E to roll. So roll to roll pretty fun and then the it's unboxer a, people come to see is his incapacitate so he's literally incapacitating you with his unboxing videos which i just think is which hilarious is and there was right. somebody that uh mentioned like why can scott porter triple target close attack incapacitate like what gives him the ability to do that and i was like hey if microphone batman can do it to an entire map wide yeah. of people Clearly, Scott Porter has, you know, he's got the chutzpah to to captivate at least three people that are adjacent to him. Because that triple target, oh, yeah. he can you can do that in adjacency, or he can triple target at range. And uh, I, the thing that and it's I only like, range, it's yeah. the ordinary like standard range, That's, so like, yeah, super nutty. standard range. It's not, yeah, he's not like sniping people. Um, although he could, I don't know who he is. Uh, but uh, the thing Jeez. that I really love about this bystander is the team player uh, team ability. The fact that, that he cool. can copy uh, Green Lantern or, you know, Underworld or whatever, and then have a seven speed that's not modified by carrying people and then sidestep on top of that. It's a really solid 20 points. Um, the 16 blank defense, I mean, he is just a man. So, I, I mean, I would have given him toughness. I bet he can take a punch. I bet he can take yeah, damage. He's pretty he's pretty jacked, man. Like I think Scott Porter could take a punch. He could take one on that godlike chin he's got, you know? I'm just saying. That sounded a little too nice to Scott Porter, sorry. Yeah, but I mean you want to make it creepy. You're a married man. If but, like, Scott still, Porter fought Scott like, Porter, I don't think he'd knock Scott Porter out with one punch, but the bystander does. So give the man I would toughness. agree. Come on. I would agree. Give the man I would agree. toughness. Yes. Yeah. Uh but yeah. I, I honestly, other than that, I think he's it's a solid 20-point bystander. Um, I'm Absolutely. not going to go as far as like some have said and say like this is necessary for every team going forwards because there's a lot of low-point options for support. It is a really awesome low-point option for support. Uh, it's just not, in my opinion, it's not like the most busted thing. It's a very usable bystander. And again, um yeah. We haven't mentioned it yet, but bystanders don't count uh, towards or against theme team, I think, in the new rules. Uh, I know previously, in the 2017 rules, they didn't count against theme team. So if you themed celebrity politician speedster, or you used, like, Marvella to get him Spider-Man family, or however you want to, like, you know, work that in, he would be able to use theme team probs as well, but he wouldn't, like, add a plus one to your theme team bonus for the map roll. Um, but he also doesn't break themes, which is awesome. So he can be placed on like a justice league theme team. He can be put on like a Batman family theme team, anything yeah. like that. Oh. And that's, yeah, that's my favorite part of the, about this bystander 
is that in the the team, team player. player yeah 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 for sure no man I, I really do i really dig it uh so all right that is that's silver age that's scott's pog i'm gonna jump into i guess the auction really quick um because we're we're some tangenty boys tonight guys and i apologize for that yes. um so the auction uh the auction is on Oxit. if you want to do all that once again go check out the hero clicks for huntington's page if you type that in it'll take you right to the website so it's pretty easy um yeah. really quickly so i'm gonna go top to bottom here first up master mold uh all we have is this weirdly weird comic picture for some reason it's strange because we've seen the picture of master mold we know what the sculpt looks like yeah it is 100 the one from the animated series like Mr. we Penny know Kenyo this was this is in the background on, of on that Twitter. picture so it's very strange that oh, uh, rather than using the actual picture of the actual sculpt that we've actually seen almost a year ago, we have a comic scan. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, it's How funny. almost positive the master mold they designed due to the like the coloring and everything is from the animated series. I'm not going to say bright color. it's 100% from the animated series, but it seemed like it was. It was also previewed when the animated series dropped, the XDPS yeah. set dropped. So I don't think it's like reaching too far with saying it was probably so, animated series. Here's one thing that I will this say. This is definitely a comic uh, When I was picture. looking, oh yeah, it's the comic picture, which is wrong. But I will say one thing. It's not easy to find that picture. Number one, it's in WizKids' Twitter, and it's over a year, almost two years now, uh, since they posted it. And when I made my Sting video, I found out they don't actually have that many older tweets. I don't know if they had them set to delete after a while for some reason, but yeah, I couldn't find Sting's picture. I scrolled back, and I just sort of reached a, a block, like a wall on their Twitter, and I'm like, oh. Is there strange. no older tweets in a year or like six months or whatever? And I'm like, okay, weird. So I guess you would have had to go to realms. You would have had to go to dial evidence for whatever con exclusives or whatever. And then you would have probably found a link to a picture that somebody else uploaded. Or, you know, of course, check the dial for here. Clicks where we uh, posted that, of course. Anyways, so there's the master mold. So if you want to bid on that, once again, the auction is going to start, I believe, this Wednesday, the 12th. I imagine. And then it goes the until Friday, the, the 14th. It probably will be, but there's also a few other things that are interesting. So I'm going to skip over some lame stuff. You can win others uh, up to, what is this? Six hyper RPG studios maps. So there's that, there's some Superman primes. There's some other Connolly's and stuff like that. So then another interesting thing that's specific to this is become a switch clicks. It says plus $0 shipping, which is cool with me. Um, <laughs> but I think that will also be a pretty expensive one as well, since there's only gonna be three of those. And then one is like winning an event. One is going to be, I believe, whatever prizing, uh, fellowship prizing for Saturday, which is cool. There's the entire thing of JLU team-up cards, the entire thing of House of X team-up cards, Spider-Man and Venom, Absolute Carnage, Chase Prime sets, Wonder Woman 80th full set. That is a pretty a pretty freaking gnarly uh, thing. That will be upwards of like a thousand something dollars for the full set of Wonder oh, Woman. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Um, so here's what's really interesting. I actually like this a lot. Uh, the Fulcum Abominus, Brainiac and Lex, Plastic Man, and Gorilla Grodd, the AKA, the Buy It By The Case figures, are all on this auction. So I don't, I wouldn't say use this auction as a way to gauge their price necessarily because It'll these be, are going to be the yeah, only the ones earliest. available right now. So yeah. This will be their earliest price, sure. It'll give you an idea of why people want which ones more. That, for sure, you can take from it. 
But I don't think you should then, once you finally get your full chromobotamus, sell it for the same price. Because although, yes, this is the only information we have on it, let's just assume here's the supply. The supply is one, and then the demand is high, right? So the supply is only one right now versus when a set comes out, the supply is a couple hundred of whatever thing, you know, or a couple thousand of a common. The supply is one. <laughs> so based on, you know, economics and such, it's going to be a little skewed. This is going to be interesting market research for those of you interested in what these things are going to cost. Basically, it'll also, gauge it'll what's be the, the first, demand. It'll be the first ones that sell when we know what the card is because the previous that ones that sold true. at auction for the same uh, charity, we didn't get the card with them. It was just the, like, the sculpt and dial, which, I mean, it's, again, and this is like the whole, this whole caveat that this is all for charity goes into this. We haven't mentioned that yet, but like yes. all of this is for the charity for Huntington's disease. Um, so it's it's not just that you're like bidding on the item; you're also donating that money to the charity when you bid on these. Thing. So yeah, that yeah. that is like a huge so differentiation. Might, I don't know. You no, know, these prices are going to be higher just because it also is going to charity. So people are going to be a little more loose with their cash. Because they know it's going to a good cause. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, we got a Lady Phoenix up for auction. That's cool. A uh, super pre-release for a Deadpool thing. So Deadpool is going to be the figure. This is for the X-Men Rise and Fall set. I have zero clue why it's a super pre-release. Because to me, I think this is just like the play at home kit. Which it is. It's what they say it is. But I don't know. I guess maybe they're saying it's a super pre-release. Because it's just so far out from when it's going to when the set is going to be here in which case it's just a play at home kit so congratulations you get to own this figure which you can't play anywhere for a few months which is neat which is cool don't get me wrong it's cool but uh still can't play it uh then we have like 10 or so scott porter bystander pogs you can try to get we got a couple more le's uh you can also bid to play a guaranteed scott porter battle royale so there's that that's kind of neat um Simeon, we got to win that one so we can uh, interview Scott Porter and finally get him on the show. Just spend the, <laughs> the my, only way we have to like pay, my pay entire money. five minute turn. I'll just be asking him questions that he doesn't respond to. And then I'll be like, pass. Yeah. And I'll be like, can you play the game? I'm like, no, I'm sorry, Scott. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. I just uh, one more question. Uh, people wrote in to ask question, you, what's your favorite yeah. type of Budino? It's a butterscotch type pudding. Uh, it's oh my good. gosh! Oh my god! The fact <laughs> that you worked that in. Oh, I'm yes. I'm bothered. We also have a Wonder Woman statue, which is, as far as I can tell, just like a statue that you would buy at like a collectible or toy shop. Yeah, and it's just like a Wonder uh, Woman statue. Back when I used to go to Krypton every week, this is like something that would be on one of their shelves for like seventy-five to one hundred and fifty dollars depending on like the rarity and how much it was sought yeah. after. Um, it's a good sculpt. It's a cool, it's it a cool sculpture. No idea what size it is. I imagine one sixteenth or something like that. Um, yeah. Shipping is $20. So I imagine it'll be a bit much. Yeah. Pretty, but, I mean, pretty um, big. It also, it's thematic uh, another with cool the thing. Wonder Woman 80th it releasing. Is. So that's it cool. Is. 
Uh, another cool thing is the Galactus. The I think this is the first Galactus ever released is also going to be for auction. I hope it actually comes with this box. That'll be really cool. A custom Heroclix tray from Jeremiah Peterson. So this is put up for auction, So which means you can normally buy these trays. He has a set rate or something, I imagine. You message him. By the way, I hate it when people say, message me to find the price. Bro, list your freaking price. Anyways, um, but I get it. It's custom work, so it makes sense. Um, anyways, but this is really just, you can bid this up pretty high. But just so you know, you can buy these normally, but it is for a good cause when you buy this one specifically. And then we have a couple of these like mugs that are hero clicks for Huntington's mugs. It got some uh, colorful comic book superhero fists pointing towards the Huntington's uh, HDSA, whatever hero clicks logo. And then there are also some like rock maps, I guess, also for uh, or whatever. But those are kind of the cool auction items. I'm excited for a couple of them. It was funny being in the uh, server because then all of a sudden I see all of these names join. Um, specifically, famous Realmser, uh, Monkey Joe, and then famous uh, billionaire scoundrel, the billion clicks Bruce, has also joined. Uh, as well as uh, Deathstroke eleven thirty four five, who I imagine is the guy from Realms. And then Tiro clicks also a Realmser who yeah. we see comments on things quite Monkey a lot. Joe in our of Monkey Joe, how many times realms. Monkey Joe has picked up Mjolnir and KO'd figures fame? Uh, honestly, one of my favorite stats to see when I'm looking through a I do enjoy a realms users like whatever that's called. That's like. It's the little, little like, signature. Signature, yes. Signatures aren't things that people use in like text anymore, so it's a very old format. But uh, Monkey Joe's like signature is one of the better ones. Dude, it's funny. I like it a lot. So, hey, that's that. We we managed to get through all the news we planned out this week, which is pretty darn amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so now we're gonna sort of mess around with building within 300 modern we talked about building within silver last week sadly with all the changes you can't use a lot of that advice we gave you however if you still want to play the power pack and be severely under costed i will i will still play pay for your entry if you do do such a thing as well as honestly if you play uh rick flair and charlotte flair and then just some wwe stuff which is still totally legal because guess what that's all in the same universe baby um I don't you remember, do that. according so, yeah. to Kayfabe, I don't remember if Kane and Undertaker were actual brothers Still or brothers? if they were, like, stepbrothers. They might have been stepbrothers, oh. which would bar entry because of the uh, the the non-genetic, like, part of the brotherhood, right. I guess. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, Charlotte and Ric Flair are legitimate blood relations, so that's... Uh, yeah, in real life and in the WWE universe, so... We're safe. We're safe there. Anyway, so 300 Modern. Um, I'm going to call to mind some things that you guys will have to look out for a little bit in 300 Modern. So how does Wonder Woman change? And I know they're like, whoa, I've never heard Calder and Simeon say the words <laughs> 300 Modern age so much on a podcast. Well, I think I so, think before we even get into like Wonder Woman, let's go over okay. some super bare basics. Ooh. If you're going from casual to modern 300 competitive. Okay, that's a, that's a good call. That's so a good call. There's retaliation. Sometimes power, sometimes free, usually on colossals which are like 2 by 2s It's a basically if it's free, it says like something along the lines of if 
a friendly character was damaged since last turn, or this character was targeted since last turn, free make an attack doing XYZ. Um, that's a big thing in Heroclix competitive. Retaliation's pretty big. Uh, things like Dark Phoenix, that's one that you should know if you're moving into competitive play. That's one that's like really big. You should know what Dark Phoenix does and know why it does it and like how that triggers. Uh, it's not something that you want to get into a tournament and then get caught off guard with. Um, Wonder Woman specifically, there's two big characters, quote unquote big characters, that do the uh, retaliation uh. things. And those are both Giganta. The Giganta uh, 037 and her prime. Um, the non-prime has power. If no other friendly character has been placed this turn, choose an opposing character that attacked Giganta or damaged a friendly character since your last turn. Place her such that she can make a close attack targeting a chosen character, then do so. If Giganta isn't on theme team, this trait is activated as free instead. So that works with Secret Six. Um, that works with all of her other theme yeah. words. Um, other characters like uh, Starro comes to mind. Starro has a 20-point line for retaliation. Haven't seen it used very often, but he's got like a 10-range retaliation where he can use mind control. So not all of them are close like this. The Prime Giganta, on the other hand, this is a very different one. So this is power. Choose an opposing character that attacked a friendly character that was a that attacked a friendly character or that was attacked by a friendly character named Wonder Woman. So this is, I think, the first and only example where we've seen a retaliation that can pop off by your force attacking an opposing force. And this is very important as far as what can shape the current modern meta because you can have shifting focus Wonder Woman make a free attack with one of the equipments and then you can also, in that same turn, have this Giganta retaliate because they've been attacked by Wonder Woman since your last turn. Um, you place Giganta such that she can make a close attack, targeting the chosen character, and then do so. Other things... Let's see. What What's another really big thing for Modern 300? Sideline is pretty important. Um, typically, it used to be uh, ID cards. Now it is mostly troublers and troublemakers. The mm -hmm. troublemakers are if your if your squad, if your team hits three times or crit hits an opponent on the third hit or on the crit hit, the character that delivers that blow can call in a troublemaker. Troublemakers do a variety of different things. I think there's six of them. Is that right? About about six. And they do different things from like mind control, empower, enhancement, outwit. Like there's a lot of different things. There's also uh, Vulcan, who's a troublemaker that can just penetrating poison and then potentially punch you. Trouble for alert. Two. Is he a trouble alert? So he's, he's a trouble of, alert. Yeah. So he's a good guy. Alternatively, for the trouble alerts, you have to miss three times or crit miss. And so crit misses mm -hmm. are a little bit different in competitive play because mm -hmm. usually a character that not, I wouldn't say usually, but if a bystander or let's say like a retaliator, somebody that's only one click long crit misses, they're going to be gone off the board before they can call the troublemaker in right. or the trouble alert in. Um, it will but, still count as miss for your turn though. So it's yes, not it the will word, count as a miss. but you, you just won't, won't be, be able to bring it in with them. So right. it sucks because they're dead. Um, 
So sideline, as far as modern is concerned, that's pretty much the only sideline you really have to worry about. There is shifting focus. There is uh, literally the only figure that sidelines pieces for no specific reason is Jason Wingard, who can sideline pieces that can make bystanders. And in those itch. In those instances, you just need to know what kind of bystanders they're going to be able to bring in uh, for Jason Wingard. You just, you know, it's usually like a TK. If it's Isaac, it's a TK barrier and what, like psychic blast bystander. Running shot side blast. Yeah. But every time a bystander is released, Jason gets like that extra thing that he can now do. So that's always like a good option. Like the rookie bystander that we talked about a few weeks ago, who's just phenomenal has Batman ally police team ability 11 for three with psychic blast and running shot seven range. And he's giant. So he can roll for his own willpower. That's something that Jason can potentially bring in for the entirety of until XDPS rotates out of modern, um, which hopefully will only be like one year from now. But in silver, that's just always going to be a thing. Um, outside of that, I think that's that's pretty much it for additional stuff. If you don't play with a lot of equipments in like your home venue or whatever, if you've never experienced a lot of equipments, you've never like played equipping characters. That's something that you really need to know for competitive right. play. So- Equipment's really simple, yeah. and I've seen lots of people make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Uh, you don't have to move to the object, sit there for a turn, power action, pick it up, and then clear. And then it's like, yeah. oh, it took me three turns. I gave this character two tokens and had to clear them. So really quick, equipping a light object or a heavy object. Uh, in order to do this style of equipment, you need to have super strength or a heavy object. And in order to do it for both, you need to have sidestep. So you need a character with at least, I don't know, four or so speed. They move up four or five. I don't think it's crazy big. But anyways, they move up to the object. They can be a square before the object. They just have to move adjacent to it or into the square. And then they move back. They end their movement. You give them a token. Then they can sidestep, drop the object into an adjacent square. So a friendly character square. And that character can power action, pick it up. So now that character has been equipped. Uh, Your character that needed to be equipped didn't move. The other guy is back in the starting area. So if you want to pick them all up, carry them in a taxi, they can go. You can do the same thing with a heavy object. You just need to have super strength on the character for sidestep. Alternatively, if you have TK, maybe a WWE wrestler or TK, TK, you just need to have line of fire to the object. And then to your buddy, you go ahead, you TK the object, they power action, pick it up. Simple as. Um, Because objects still have to start five away from your starting area. That was cleaned up in the (laughs) comprehensive comprehensive rule book we now have. So, like, that's good. Uh, In the case of, like, a WWE figure, which you're not going to play a lot of those in modern, you can just grand entrance on top of the object and pick it up or something to that nature. Uh, um, If I have a WWE character on my team that has grand entrance and sidestep, he can grand entrance and then drop it. And then that was totally free to pick up the object. And that's also... You know, the whole sidestep move thing can also be free if you have a pog or a character that is autonomous. Uh, so that would be like Mary Jane, Mary Jane's bystanders, the paparazzi. They're very, very good at getting pogs. They're 15 points. They take no actions from your action total when they do this. Super easy. Right. So that is how to how to quickly equip objects. Yeah, for special equipping objects, objects now, should always yeah. be a 
if your whole game plan is equipping objects, it should always be able to be done in turn the first one, turn, and that's it. Yeah. Like if it takes you two turns to equip an object, then just plan on not playing that object. It's it's completely yeah. a waste. Your opponent's gonna probably score it. Um, there's a lot of things. Also, anybody that moves out of your starting area to grab an object and bring it back they are 100% able to be shot or like KO'd. Uh, yes. That's turn, yeah. That next turn. So you don't get first turn immunity for anyone that moves out of your starting area. Um, that's a big thing. Uh, yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it for current modern. There's probably like some other things, but knowing what first turn immunity is and how it works, how like, you know, generated figures, if they're generated in a square, they have first turn immunity in that square unless they move outside of that square. Um, having characters that can either TK your object back or, you know, maybe you're going to like move up with this character and bring it back and you're okay with your opponent potentially KOing that character. Um, as mm-hmm. long as like the rest of your squad is fine, you know, uh, knowing how first turn immunity works, knowing. Basically, if you go second, you're always at a disadvantage. That's a huge, it's a huge competitive thing. Is if you're going second, your opponent will always be able to strike you first if they want to, uh, unless their team just is severely underranged and they can't get across the board. But in most instances, being second player is always like a just huge downside. Um, that's mm-hmm. not like a it's not really a thing you can really plan for now because at most you can get a plus three over your opponent, so you can't like guarantee that you go first, but it is something to consider. Um competitive players usually practice on like a map that's much worse for their team than what they would typically pick for their team. Because if you're going first, you have the advantage. If you're going second, you need to be able to prepare for the disadvantage that you have yes and survive so you do have a disadvantage of going second however you also have a sort of slight advantage now it's not as good of an advantage anymore because maps are crazy symmetrical nowadays for whatever reason but you do get to choose your starting area and then also under these rules your opponent sets up all their figures in their starting area and their objects before you have to set up. So if for some reason the way they set up would change how you would set up, for like if your character's like, oh, it looks like they're probably going to go more towards that side of the map, well, then I'm going to want to put my characters on this side of the starting area, etc. You do have that now. So it's, it is pretty cool. They specifically said that in the rules. Also in the rules, greet your opponent. I had someone yes. be like, if anyone Make said, sure. hey, Doug, my opponent didn't greet me. You know what? Good. Call the judge. No, disqualify him. They shouldn't be yeah. a jerk. Don't be a humongous douche canoe. Greet your opponent. <laughs> be a man. Be a gentleman. Be a be a lady. Greet your opponent. Be a be a human being. Be a normal human being. It's very strange. Unless you have like some super built up animosity with like yeah, you know, your opponent. I have no idea why you wouldn't be like hi, how's it going? Like, yeah. this is my team, you know, blah, blah, blah. My name's like so-and-so if I've never met you before. You know, if you have met yeah. them before, then clearly you have like some sort of rapport built up. Just be like, yo, what's up? How's it hanging, bro? Dude, like, hey, hey, 
glad to see you. Glad yeah. we're playing against each if other. If me and if me and I, Calder like, ever play in a tournament, it's always, oh, this guy again. Great. This guy. And you like yeah, yell at the judge and we're like, hey, can we get a different matchup, please? I feel mm-hmm. like conceding because I don't want to play against you, this. Like, do you many? I did not concede. I consider I that. <laughs> I consider that um, greeting your opponent. If you tell, I would say if you so. tell the do judge, you, do you, you don't acknowledge play your opponent's your existence? Yes. Pretty much greeting your opponent. Hey, you know, say a word. Don't be like, hmm. I'm like, okay, bro, let's calm down. We're playing a game of stupid little superheroes. Let's let's chill out. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that's so that's, that's the bare up, basics. That's competitive wise because yeah. we've never truly gotten in and that's just things that you should be super aware of um going forward into like current uh modern competitive oh. which is something we uh, try yeah. not to do um i think there's really like, like yeah i think there's really only like four competitive builds that are like 300 modern viable currently and okay, people can disagree with me. So I already know there's some solid um, Herald and like Lantern core stuff. So a lot of the Lanterns also have Herald. And the fun thing about Herald, like Atlantis, is it crosses into Marvel and DC. So the latest uh, Heroclix, uh, or the latest Marvel Fantastic Four Future Foundation and the previous just regular Fantastic Four both have heralds in that set. Uh, there's also Exodus from XDPS. No idea why he has herald, but I'm guessing Galactus kind of things. And then all of the Lantern chases from Wonder Woman 80th all have herald. So there's already a really good crew. And then you've got your pre-made carrier slash taxi with Jessica Cruz, who's 50 points or chip or the super rare green lantern or you know whatever um harold is it's a solid sleeper kind of team i think so too i like harold i'm not gonna lie i don't know exactly how it works but i i know a hundred percent characters that can move their full speed and then drop a bystander are just inherently good Mm. guy gardner being able to move nine or be carried you know or be carried yeah, be carried like ten lantern by Jessica, and yeah, and then just drop a chainsaw that flurry blades. Don't say her name. <laughs> That's really inherently power good. Chip in this house. Yeah, dude, it's great. Like, are you serious? Like, it's dope. It's super good reach, and they're pretty pretty well protected if you choose to use the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, to move them up, really solid. Nineteen. Also, defend. if you yeah. do some like all the lanterns have heralds, you could also play a Sinestro to have some barrier. Is it Sinestro the stop sign? Whoever has yeah, the stop sign. It's the Place stop barrier, sign. You drop the you know? stop sign, and it's not a... Uh, what is it? It's not autonomous, but if you leave room for that action, then yeah, the, the stop sign drops barrier as well. So, and then, sure. I mean, to go along with that, the stop sign also stops people from bursting through barrier. So that's something. It's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. But that's, yeah, that's a potential team to look out for. Uh, a lantern team that can move up, drop bystanders, and attack you. Uh, Alpha Strike is probably one of my, my favorite types of Heroclix teams, just because I'm like, let's get to it, and then we just, you know, start rolling dice right off the bat. I like those kind mm-hmm. of teams, so I'm cool with that. Um, another team 
with Wonder Woman 80th, we already like talked up all of the Secret Six chases enough, but Secret Six is pretty oppressive. Uh, it's scarab it's, bad. it's yeah. one of the worst things to happen to this game in a while. Scarab being able uh, to being, draw a line of fire honestly. through any object means you can carry an object or like scarab can TK an object from that object. So I could with two scarabs on my team, I could see your opposing object TK at six. My other scarab could see that object TK at another six. And now that object is potentially like, you know, starts five away from your starting area. Now it's 17 squares from your starting area. And that's assuming it's or, an object you, that's you not destructible. You know, what, you know what else you can do? You can just, just place your up. objects in front of your opponents. No, or, you just yeah, place your objects too. in front of your opponent's starting area. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I'm going to shoot you next turn unless you waste actions destroying the objects. So have fun with that. You can also, oh, you had equipment on your team? Yeah. Well, are you going to equip it? Or are you going to shove it in the corner of a map so I can't shoot you? Are you scared? Are you scared? That's, the, that's what the scarab does. He also, guarantees like, assuming you're full playing match, uh, full map reach against something like setup. exospecs. Exospecs aren't indestructible. So for 12 points, if you go against a scarab team and they go first, just imagine your exospecs. You're automatically down 12 points and you're automatically out of that equipment. So whichever character was depending on that equipment is just out of luck. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, you can't TK destroy anymore, but it's not too hard to get scarab to a three damage. And on the off chance that it's an indestructible, like a ring or something that they really don't want you to have, they can TK it away. Uh, they can make it way harder for you to equip. Um, yeah. And that's not so that's all that makes for line of fire. So he can outwit through it. Uh, he can yeah. TK through it. He can shoot you through it. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, it's pretty darn. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty rough. Scarab is so. hardly what makes Secret Six the worst thing to go up against. But no. Uh, one quick big point, he can still only deal you a maximum of one damage when he does shoot you. However, that's enough to take out your one-click retaliation, so you wasted 30, 15 points, whatever. You're not careful with placement. Dealing one damage can can hurt you a lot. That's Scott Porter Pog. That's 20 points, and you could shoot it right away, you know? So Scarab's a little rough. Yeah. He's a little rough. Uh, but that's just Scarab. Uh, another really big one... Uh, before we actually go crazy into that, uh, the Secret Six trait is probably what makes them probably the, the toughest. Uh, it gives them all outwit. So this is an entire team of outwit, which is already really strong. And now you're thinking, well, some characters are protected outwit or they have power cosmic. But wait, there's more. Uh, so they all have, they modify their attack value plus one when attacking one or more characters with a shared keyword. They all have a lot of ge generic keywords. So they all have Dark Knights and Secret Six. But Scarab alone has armor, deity, monster, and ruler. Uh, other ones have like warrior and stuff like that. So there's quite a few generic keywords that each have. And then if there are six or more friendly characters with the secret six keyword on your force, opposing characters can't use protected outwit or safeguard outwit. So you have power cosmic. Sorry, bro. That sucks to suck there. So it's like, this is probably the rough part about how I can't really run super scrolls because it's cool when I have three rollouts. It's not so cool when you outwit all of them and then murder a super scroll because he's got a 17 toughness without it. So like they can they have a lot of outwits. And then Secret Six uh, also has two of those retaliators we talked about. Both Gigantas are Secret Six and they're also very cheap, 25 and 30 points. And they're not one click retaliators either. So they're uh, they help inflate the amount of characters Secret Six can have on their team. If your Secret Six team only has six characters exactly 
it's not a great idea. It's good to have a couple so they can keep using their outwit to the fullest effect. Um, so yeah, uh, really quickly, let's talk about King Shazam. I think he'll mostly be used at 50 points to fill out space on a secret 16 because he's a solid attacker. Uh, you can outwit his Shazam power. So the Shazam power Prior gives him immune him the first time this yeah. is revealed. Yeah, you have, you have to outwit it first. So it's going to give him immune once he lands on it. He'll have it until your next turn. Um, and then he can power and whatever, go back to wherever he was on his dial. But if you want to just nuke him right away, you can go ahead and outwit that power, outwit his defense or deal him some penetrating. And then you can just sort of kill him. And it's like, well, you can go to that click and then I can shoot you again. Or you can just let me kill you. They'll probably go to that click to deal you another Mystics damage at the very least. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. The reason uh, why this little rough is the new wording for Outwit says uh, choose a standard power that that character possesses or a special power printed on their card. And so since Shazam's... I mean, any character's special power is printed on their card, but uh, that means like mm -hmm. any power that would grant you something when it's revealed if you outwit it prior to it being revealed the power is gone and therefore cannot like cannot yep. give you immune so shazam in particular you would be able to outwit with a regular outwit this isn't like a special outwit or this isn't like a secret six getting rid of protected outwit or anything this is just a regular outwit right. can get rid of his attack power because it's a special power printed on his card and then when that power is revealed he doesn't get the immune. It just nothing happens. He's just right, so you can't outwit a stop click before you get there. You can't do that. You can do this power just because of how it's specifically worded. You can't outwit a stop click before that because it has protected outwit. But this power you can because it doesn't have immune until it's until it's revealed. So yeah, kind of neat. Um, Sky Tyrant. He is a full square charge with flurry with penetrating quake uh, at forty five penetrating blades at top and then if he kills something which he ought to uh he can go ahead and he won't die so or the first time he's ko'd he'll just go to click seven so if he really racks up those tokens he'll just be really nutty so he's an 11 for three and it's pretty easy to bump up his stats either with the power gem or scarab uh, Scarab doesn't have any perplex or anything like that, but he can copy another character's thing. So that means if you run like a bunch of Scarabs and you give one person like Reality Gem or you give one person, well, he doesn't have props, so like the Time Gem or anything else, right? You can give <laughs> Scarab that same object. And so you'll have a ton of prob on your team seeing line of fire through objects or whatever. It's just kind of says Scarab is bonkers, but it's also just... There's a lot of stat manipulation that can happen to Sky Tyrant where he could very well power gem. He becomes an 11 for four or a 13, sorry, uh, 11 for five or a 13 for five on either point value. And that's pretty scary. He also gets a plus one attack if you share Brute, Injustice Society, Monster Pass, Secret Six or Warrior keywords, which is a pretty not nice amount of keywords. Yeah. So, yeah, not like, for that's, nothing. That's yeah. pretty tough. Sharing yeah, it's not for keywords. nothing. Uh, Commissioner, he pops out the rookie pog. We've talked about him a lot. The rookie is really good. It's you know it's got an eleven attack, penetrating psychic blast. It's a giant. It can remove tokens off himself. He can only do that once per game. Sure, he's also the secret sources source, secret sixes source of outwit. Sorry, not outwit. Goodness gracious, they all have outwit except for one Giganta. Uh, leadership. 
He's their source of leadership, which is pretty big. He is relatively easy. So I will say this about the Secret Six guys. They have crazy range. They do. Between full square charges, between TKs from objects, between scarab shooting from objects, they have crazy, crazy reach. And they have retaliation, which makes them a very formidable team. However, their defenses are made out of pretty much paper. They themselves aren't protected at wit. Uh, they also have very short dials. If you're playing, you know, to get six or more of these people on the same team, there won't be a lot of them at full points, uh, depending on how they build. We haven't mentioned Deathbringer or Supergirl because you probably won't see them. Uh, they're just not that great. No offense. Uh, Point-wise and with what they do and everything, they don't add to the crazy reach or whatever. But the ones we're talking about will definitely see play but for the most part king shazam would be the hardest one to kill or sky tyrant if he gets reincarnation tokens so right it's if not you're going it's not too terrible to actually the kill team. these guys if you're going second um, against secret six you yeah. better have either some really stout defenses or some really good barrier um we didn't really basically I don't think we're going to go into high barrier tech teams as far as meta is concerned. Um, but Molecule Man and Marvella, um, things that can drop a ton of barrier. It's great for protecting yourself. But if all your team can do is protect yourself, you're going to go zero zero. And that's not great. Um, so you, you need to have a combination of like, hey, I can survive this when going second without needing just you know 50 points of your team sucked up into a barrier because at some point even with marvella and molecule man you're gonna need some actions for barrier like you know molecule man can drop quite a bit of barrier for free but it's not infinite and eventually you're gonna like roll a one um right. two marvellas is decent but at some point they're gonna have to clear action tokens that kind of thing. And then Secret Six also, it doesn't have to be ran. So now that um, unnamed theme teams are just as mm -hmm. good as theme teams, um, you know, a group of warriors is just as coordinated as the Justice League, as some man would say. Um, you can run, <laughs> you can run a mostly Secret Six team and make it a monster theme team because they all have the monster keyword. You can make it a monster right. theme team and rather than throwing those gigantas on, you can throw on Mole Man or uh what's that awful Wendigo. You can you can throw on some fifteen point Wendigos. Oh yeah, Wendigo is real bad. You won't but, uh, get the to be fair, those characters protected oh, out sorry. with things. You're saying it, yeah. Yeah. You won't mm -hmm. get the plus six friendly characters, uh opposing characters can't use protected or safeguard outwit. But you still have just so much offense with Secret Six that sometimes it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't even need to outwit, like, you're impervious or you're invincible if I'm just hitting you for a ton of damage and Sky Tyrant's scooting all the way back to my starting area, or if I'm just mm -hmm. zapping your equipment right off the bat and making you come to me, that kind of thing. It is, dude. It's tough. It's a it's a little hard-knock life here to, uh, to play against Secret Six. It's got the reach. So what's the best thing you can do? Uh, honestly, win map. If you can put them on Ancient Hold, huh, um, if you can put them on Ancient Hold, it will greatly uh how far they can go. Because the TK lines aren't great there. Yeah. You know, it's it's really also, rough. Also, Mr. So Oz is still... Sort of mess them up. 
Mr. And then, Oz oh, is yeah, still Mr. Oz. legal. So as far as like shooting ty- Sky Tyrant up, um, Sky Tyrant has a 11 speed charge that's not halved. So they really only need what like two TKs against Mr. Oz is still giving them a 19 square reach. So I don't right. know if Mr. Oz really nerfs the team, but at the well, least he can the reason you know, I would prob through choose. stuff. Uh, a map so heavy with barrier or not barrier but so heavy with blocking is it makes your barrier have a lot better life number one it's indoors so sky tyrant can't fly over your barrier um it also means it's going to be a lot tougher for anybody else to get to you as you go up so like placing your barrier next to a uh, a door just guarantees they're not really going to get to you this turn because then they can't see that barrier to blow it up they can't fly over the barrier because indoor map, right? Um, Etc. Can't go but through yeah, the like, door. Yeah, uh, ancient hold, very, very. I would say very strong map against them. Any any indoor map with lots of blocking is a is a very very solid map. Or if you just have so much barrier they can't get adjacent to you, that's also a good call. You know, it's yeah. just if you just kind of the their, same thing when you play against lines Volker, of fire. If you were um, used, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if you were used to playing against Vulture, which sadly we had to because he was never changed at all <laughs> no, in the past two years. Um, yeah, if you were used to playing against him, you understand you got to barrier up, you got to watch where you're at, be aware of him. And then once you are safe for that turn, you have to take out as much as you can. Your next turn, attacks need to hit. Yeah. And I know it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And um, to go in Because sometimes that. it doesn't work like that. But um, yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to try and tackle every meta topic that's possible, but um, one meta like I, I wouldn't even say meta one just competitive type of play is knowing how to body block. So let's say I've got like a zero point mm-hmm. pog that I generate and I can regenerate or you know whatever, or maybe it's like the the commissioner's uh, rookie that he can generate. And I'm okay with losing the rookie. Maybe I don't want to lose the rookie, but I'm okay with losing it if it means my opponent doesn't score points on me. I can use the fact that the rookie is a giant size character to block line of fire or block like adjacency. So it's like, all right, if they are going to like get adjacent to anyone, they get adjacent to the rookie and that's it. Um, that's just one example. But there's plenty of examples of like low point figures, uh, Fantastic Four and Future Foundation. All of those like figures have great potential for body blocking. And that's literally just a figure blocking not only line of fire, but also adjacency. So it works better than barrier because they can't really just blow up a character. They can. I mean, they can just KO a character, but it usually yeah. takes more than three damage. Um, so it's a little bit harder than just like a piece of blocking. Plus they have to roll to actually attack it and stuff like that. Whereas with like a barrier, they just have to have three damage or more and take a power action. So mm-hmm. those are options. Um, body Make blocking. Make them roll nice. Make yeah. Them roll nice. Body blocking is yeah. like one of my favorite things to do where I'm like, here's my front line where it's like fine to KO these characters because I've got some actual attackers behind them. So if you waste all of your actions, attacking these guys i've got like a follow-up plan kind of thing uh Totes. but yeah Totes. i i don't want to spend too much time on secret six just because 
Yeah, it's, but people it's a very like forward that can happen. Heavy. And this it's, goes for yeah. the meta at any time. You need to be aware of what what's out there. And yeah, it sucks because there have been no major events played with this set since anything. Unless I think there might be some weekly rock events that might happen. But and then there's there's no websites anymore. Um, besides ones you got to pay money for um, that post teams that are winning. You need to know what's out there. You need to ask your friends, your friends, friends. Heck, ask on Facebook. I hate to be that guy and post what's good in like a Facebook thing because a lot of people kind of don't want to tell you. Some people will. Uh, yeah. Just being real, like some people don't want to say what's good because they feel like they can't win unless there's a surprise element. Um, if you're a good player, you should be able to win with your opponent knowing exactly what your team is. Yeah, maybe not knowing how it works, and as far but as knowing, knowing exactly what your builds, team is, you should uh, still be able to if win. If you've got like three punches on your subway punch card, I'm pretty sure Phoenix Nest lets you in uh, to their team. I so, believe that is true. Yeah, yeah. like hardly takes any actual effort to join Phoenix Nest, and then you get to like know all of their insider knowledge, which is infinitely right. More you have to be in their exclusive Discord. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it is. It is infinitely more. So yeah, like that's just very. It's very, very important. And that is where, whatever, it's, it's important to do your research to understand what's up. It's important to understand like what maps are being played. And you can normally find a lot of these build sheets places. Uh, Clicks off discussion is the biggest group for Hero Hooks meta discussion on Facebook, like just fact. Yeah. So like there's that that you can use as a resource. Um, there used to be on the rock, they would post the things that win rocks. Why is that important, Calder? Because they do 300 modern tournaments weekly. That's why that's important. It's also important um, to, if you're yeah. actually trying to get into the competitive, it is important to test your team before you get to the event. Because oh, yeah. I played like a, a King Shark team with no IDs where I was like, King Shark's just real good. I'm just going to give him water, let him move up, and like do stuff like that. And I think it was Wes Summers was playing the like shredder fast forces shredder that can't be targeted from X squares. And it's like 150 points. And this was back when ID cards were available. And I was like, well, doesn't matter. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, move up like nine squares for free. Cause I'm King shark. And he was like, all right, I'm going to call in Harley and just blow up your whole idea of what you're doing. Give you two action tokens. And I was like, ah, that's why this team won't work. Mm. So it's great this to like, fun. To have a good idea, have like an idea that you can either workshop or like you just think it's like a really great idea and then just completely get curb stomped into the ground and be like, ah, either I have to change this idea drastically or I just have to like start from scratch and start over. Yeah. Because there's some teams that 100% you just can't really play. Um, yeah. my, my Green Lantern Molly Hayes drop off team was fun it was not in any way shape or form competitive because mm -hmm. they would just they would just blow up my green lantern and be like all right now you can walk your molly Hayes all over the map taking four or not even four i didn't have a leadership so it was like take three actions oh, to move three dude, of your molly Hayes. make sure you clear them because you can't take two actions in a row so yeah like stuff like that it's it's a great idea on paper it seems really fun on paper it's great to practice it though before an event it because so, then you get a real idea of what's actually going to be like before, the real crux of the team. Yeah. 
Totally. Because uh, there, there are games where it's like, well, what happens if I lose this character right away? And you won't be... It's like a Mike Tyson or whoever says it. You have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So like, play yeah. a game and just be like, let's say your opponent moves up, get into a natural position. Don't just say you don't start the game with the character, because for the most part, that's unrealistic. Um, get into a position and then be like, okay, let's say I move this character and I instantly kill your character, but make sure it's legal, make sure it makes sense, and be like, so what can you do now that that character is gone? Think you got to think about that. You have to think about what if your opponent gets here? What if that character does? What if that character is taken away somehow right away because your opponent has crazy reach or whatever? You know, you have to think about that because you can't just be like, here's how my crazy, wicked, cool strategy works because it does this character is this thing, which matches with this thing. And it's like, well, that's cool and all. But if that character can't do that thing, what does that character do now? You know, so yeah. like it's it's important to have a plan B to think of all these different ways. You know, I'm not saying it's a freaking chess game or anything like that. It's more, it's more in depth than chess. That's for sure. It's harder than chess. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that chess nerds might get mad. Uh, but anyway, I think it's fair like, to say it's harder to... than chess because I would say so. at least the on the skills, surface. I would say the, because chess sure, has like, the, the chess has like set is moves higher than chess to move Z. Yeah. Hero clicks, if you didn't build quite correctly, or if like you just meet a team that is like the the scissors to your paper or like the rock to your uh, scissors or whatever, hero clicks is like very unforgiving if you've built away from like a certain other build and they're just like the perfect build to counter you. Whereas in chess, you always know what your opponent has available. Uh, you can always plan. So yeah, I think I think hero clicks. I wouldn't say it's more difficult than chess as far as the competitive goes because it's just you know there's there's less years for hero clicks than there is for chess, but there's way more um, just differences. There's there's way more like opportunities for builds and stuff. So like your your opponent could always be working with like three queens instead of an entire row of pawns and like three queens really changes up the chess meta. So, you know, like uh, if you're playing regular chess, your opponent having more Queens than you is going to be way more awful. But um, yeah, I, I think that hero clicks really just really like uh, it's ends up being a more rock, paper, scissors match most of the times if you're building correctly in the meta. And that's why I don't typically build meta teams. Like I try and build outside the box and it's just like, well, like your your outside the box idea didn't work against XYZ. And XYZ is great, except, you know, X beats Y, Y beats Z, Z beats X. And so if it's that kind of meta, then it's like, well, if unless you build XYZ then you're always outside the box and you're always going to lose kind of thing. Barring like, you know, some random types builds. Um, that being said, things like mission points still unviable for competitive play. As much as I want them to be, I just don't think they're going to be there. And then one team I guess we haven't gotten into yet is the, I think Calder has more experience with this than I do, but the Wonder Woman shifting focus team is Ugh. pretty viable. Um, 
More you viable like than things? I thought when we I first looked at I like set. to do things. You know what I can't do when I play against the Wonder Woman team? Things. Yeah. And normally I like to do things when I play hero clicks. So let's go into that. Honestly, I might make a video just explaining how her shifting focus with her objects works. But very, very simply here. Uh Wonder Woman. So she has only shifting focus versions, and every time they start, they begin the game. And she has a trait, which is Princess Themyscira. Wonder Woman may start the game with any Wonder Woman uh, equipment equipped. So there's the Wonder Woman you get right away. She can start with whatever equipment. Once you shift to a different character, that character now gets to start with a different equipment, uh, which is cool. Also, all the objects are also shifting equipment themselves, which means once you shift to a new Wonder Woman, so let's say you have this Wonder Woman on your team, she can do something with the object, shift into a new Wonder Woman, that character, the same object, do the same thing, and then shift to a different object, and then just have it there. Why is this good? Here's why it's good. It's because the Lasso of Truth gives her a free attack. So the Lasso of Truth is incapacitated with a range value of four is free. When the equipped character uses it, if they have the Wonder Woman ally team ability, each opposing character adjacent to the original target becomes targets. So if you have a Green Lantern carry up your whole team, they have to be placed adjacent. So unless you sidestep them all the way and like scatter or something, you know, they're all going to be adjacent, which means she can go up. And this is a free action. So she can be TK'd and then she can do a move action or she can do whatever to get all up in your grill. She can free in cap your whole team and then she can shift focus. Uh, give that character the lasso. It's a different character. Activate the same free action. I know it sucks. Uh, in cap your team again. Uh, and then that Wonder Woman, guess what? That Wonder Woman made an attack. And you know who retaliates against people just when Wonder Woman attacks? Oh, yeah, that's right. Giganta does. <laughs> yeah. what does. What does Giganta do when she retaliates? Oh, she only uses Quake. And when she targets two or more people, she deals her printed damage value, which is a three at 25 points or a four at 75 points. If you so wish to be as bold and savage, and be an 11 for four. And then, oh, what happens after she uses Quake? Oh, that's right. She gives an action token to each hit character. So not only are you getting in-capped, then you're getting your whole team hit for four damage or three damage, depending on the Gigana they play. Uh, then you're all double tokened, which means, okay, you didn't hit them first. You didn't hit them hard. And now you have to totally clear next turn and you can't retaliate to any of that stuff when, yeah. oh yeah, guess what? Because like, it's all free actions, you're saying, it gets to happen over again. You're like, Yay. oh, okay, well, they double-actioned me. I'll clear, and then I'll just, you know, punch them after their next turn. They're not going to KO my whole team. Right. Except then that Wonder Woman free in-caps, shifting focuses, free in-caps again, Giganta free retaliates again, or power retaliates, that yeah. one's power. So power retaliates again. And then, if anybody is still alive, they've probably got two action tokens on them. So, at right. this point in the game, had you positioned poorly, you are completely sunk. Your your opponent has three chances to completely, fully double action you each turn. Um, well, really, it's like two chances because they have to double action or they have to single action you once and then double action you again. But they're also dealing full damage with Giganta, who has Outwit. So 
on the off chance that any of your characters have a decent reducer, she's getting rid of it, dealing full three damage. Um, yeah. There's to just, be fair, she can't do that when she first retails because she'll be across the map. Right. She has to retail yeah, yeah. and then this is not like so once they're all turns. up in you. Yeah, yeah, subsequent turn for sure. Yeah, because like, once once like... this pops off, it just keeps going. Like it's all right. I have to clear these five people that I grouped together, and yeah. then it happens again, and then it happens again, and it's like unless you have sidestep, you're not moving away because you're not able to take any power actions. You're completely double actioned. So yeah, this mm-hmm. this is a one hundred percent viable strategy that your opponent might use, and. Honestly, like it's one of the better ones. This is up there with Secret Six, where if against a Secret Six team, if this Wonder Woman team goes first and they're able to double action token a bunch of the Secret Six, they might win. Like it might be a uh, like nine to ten ratio where the Wonder Woman shifting focus wins in this situation. Yeah, um, and you got to keep in mind uh, whether or not Gigan is at seventy five or at twenty five. That's only either a third of the build or half the build. So you can do like some flashes for cheap and you can get one of them to TK out six, two squares that inflates her reach to eight. Then she'll have like a 10 or 11 movement, which is like 19. Oh, and then she has four range, which is 10, whatever square. She can see the whole map because then you start two squares away anyway. So it goes 19 and then it goes 23 and you start wherever. So Waterman can get to the whole map with specifically a flash TK, which means she can do the entire map. Uh, and then, yeah, and that is that is if she has to move her full speed. If you've moved up already, she can then charge and hit you or running shot and hit you with a different shifting focus, Diana, you know? So it's it's just a tough team. You need to just understand that it can do that in order to position correctly to barrier to not be on an outdoor map. Once again, these teams are very strong on outdoor maps. So theme theme's a little risky right now. Um, I still I would still lean on the edge of either build theme or have a really, really, really good uh, retaliator to mess with them. Or uh, potentially, I don't know if she's worth it, but maybe even better than building theme is the She-Hulk legacy card. Being able to re-roll and then add yeah. your add a plus one so, yeah, that'll that guarantee you can't that your opponent theme. only gets a plus two. Yeah, your shield you can't build theme, but that means your opponent only has a plus two up on you because you'll get a plus one with her and you'll get a re-roll. Your opponent doesn't get a re-roll. It's a very important thing to understand with shield. Your opponent doesn't get a re-roll. You don't both re-roll. Just you re-roll with a plus one, and that's only if you would lose. So first they get a plus three against you. And that's not really a guarantee either. I think Shield's probably the best way to sort of quote unquote guarantee you a map. Uh, but if not, build a six or higher theme if yeah. you're worried about Secret so, Six. Yeah, number of theme is just as important cheap characters. Uh, it's not as important. A 13 or it's a tough. 14 or 10 or 9. Not as important because at most you're going to have a plus three. And plus three isn't nothing. It will, It won't guarantee you map. But it kind of do be the standard. Give you a huge advantage on map. Um, and then I think the last, the last actual like named, not named, but the, the last actual like kind of team that I'll name off um, other than like generic stuff, because obviously Alpha Strike 
barrier, things like that. If you don't know what like an Alpha Strike team looks like, um, just look at like old Alpha Strike teams. Something that carries your team pretty much the full map, and then you can drop some stuff off or attack. We don't really have, you know, there's no SAM cap in Modern. We don't have anything like that anymore, but we do still have like API Medusas. We do have like things that generate, um, as I said, with the the like the Herald team, the uh, Lanterns can all drop their constructs after being carried up. Stuff like that is 100% viable, able to like cross the map and then also drop something and attack your opponent. Really good. Uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so stuff able like to drop Jason, Chewy. Captain Marvel, yeah. Guy Gardner. Yeah. But uh, other than those, like Alpha Strike and Barrier, those are like the two teams that I actually know. Um, I make like turtle teams where you've got like a high defend. So either the thing from Fantastic Four or Green Lantern from Wonder Woman 80, where they've got like a 19 defend. And then you have other bonuses that are thrown in. Fantastic Four has like the ability to get someone that gives adjacent friend Fantastic Four characters like Shape Change. Uh, Skyne for 50 points and Captain America gives everyone shape change things like that where you're able to give your team a lot of rollouts and a high defense just helps you survive through like the first couple of waves of like attacks if you can't move up all the way if you're playing like more turtle team where it's it's not turtle like you're staying in your starting area it's turtle like you're moving up slowly while being very protected uh, barrier, on the other hand, is you're f- trying to force your opponent to come to you. But the last named, quote-unquote named, um, generic theme team I'm going to talk about is Robot. So Robot has oh, a baby. lot of options. Robot is getting better and better by the day. Um, so from DC, you have Murder Machine, you have Brainiac. So Murder Machine not quite being what it was always like expected to be um, almost like a vulture, but never quite as good. Cause it couldn't move between attacks hundred points. So it was like 50 points more than vulture would ever be um, brainiac. On the other hand, 10 points for outwit in cap triple target six range. So as we were saying with like the Scott Porter pog, having that perplex triple uh, perplex or triple in cap with six range, how it was good. Uh, this Brainiac for 10 points isn't a slouch. has ESD 17 defense. It's pretty decent for a 10-point like filler piece. Um, and then also the uh, Uncommon Superman from that same Justice League Unlimited set it has combat uh, close combat expert, so it's an 11 for 4 for 10 points with sidestep, and it's also got flight, so it's a taxi. Um but the main robots that you're going to actually see, because this is all like filler stuff, the main robots you're actually going to see are the Danger Room constructs from the XDPS set. So you've got Magneto, who's going to start with a 12 for 4, I believe. Uh, let me let me pull them up here, because I... Th- yeah, I'm 12 almost, for 4, you're right, with, yeah. with Pen Blast, yeah. 12 for Ooh, 4 and range combat... Blast expert now yeah oh so my he's actually God. 13 for five 13 yeah he can deal a so it's magneto takes a maximum of one damage from the opponent's attacks and he can't be healed or chosen for mastermind he also until he gets rid of his error tokens 
characters take a maximum of one damage from Magneto's attacks. That means they can reduce as much as they want. They take a max of one. So it's not, I have Invincible, you deal one. It's not he's dealing one. You take a max of one. So the fact that he's printed four means that there's almost, let me see, I think absolutely zero characters that reduce that to like zero damage. So he's always dealing a max of one, period. Uh, when he gets mm-hmm. enough error tokens, and that's when a one appears in his attack roll and he gets three of those error tokens, then he can deal full damage. Until then, he's a 13 for five with running shot, eight range, two targets. He got a huge boost for 50 points. Uh, yeah. He only takes one damage. He has toughness his first two clicks, so it's not like you can poison him through it. You have to either outwit or just, you know, hit him a lot. And it's a lot to yeah. sink into a 50-point piece. Uh, Another important to thing six to note. in a five-point piece. Yeah, like, that's, that's what we're also saying is if you do have a plan to hit people, and we've basically been saying you got to hit people hard, you need to make multiple attacks, not necessarily boost one guy up to make one big attack because it doesn't work against these guys. You need flurry. Yeah. You need something, you know, something to just deal these guys a bunch of damage in yeah. a turn because man army their does stats, not help a lot against these. Their stats don't go down that much. And then in the case of Sinister, their stats go up. So yeah. you want... It's hard to one turn these guys because you have to hit them five individual times and you can only guarantee that so much. It's a little it's a little tough. Um, Also, if any of these danger room constructs are piloting a vehicle, not that there's many in modern and not that it's even a safe or great idea to do. But if any of them pilot a vehicle, they can use their stats and they can do you the full damage because it's not them making the attack. It's the vehicle making the attack with their stats. So if they jump in Sentinel Squad 1 or whatever, which is also a robot, Magneto can actually just pen blast you 13 for 5 if he chooses ranged combat expert and just blast you and just nuke you, you know? Or he can 12 for 4 pen blast you. It's it's a little ridiculous. So yeah, like it's it's tough. All the Danger Room constructs only take one damage at a time. And here's probably the worst part about that. That is, once again, not even half the build for three really yeah. solid attackers. Well, two really solid attackers, well, luckily, and then one outweighed shape change. So yeah, the, luckily the they are all unique. Constructs are all unique, but yeah, that Magneto but is one-sixth of your build. Uh, Sabretooth comes in at 45 points, so mm-hmm. he's a little bit worse than Magneto because he doesn't have that eight-range double target, but what he lacks in eight range double target he makes up for in getting around shape change he has battle fury his whole dial he has a 12 attack for his first three clicks he has an 18 for his first three clicks with super senses that goes to combat reflexes and then he has a 12 attack with i think i think i already said blades but um the fact that at max you're dealing one means you don't even have to roll for blades until he's out of those error tokens or he's got a max of three error tokens. And then once Mm -hmm. he's got a max of three error tokens, you can potentially deal six damage with this dude on all of his clicks. He also ends on regen. And if you don't have the error tokens and you're only taking one, you're 100% landing on that click at some point. They might hit you off of it, but 
maybe they like sank a bunch of attacks in and they like finally miss one you know they couldn't like shift their perplexes around enough like for whatever reason uh you use your robot theme to theme prob them and they like he's stuck on regen he can potentially heal back up to click two and then they have to restart the whole process over it's pretty nuts um the the danger room constructs do give opposing characters certain powers when they're KO'd, but yeah, this this Sabretooth has flurry and toughness traded. So six like six speed with his charge, so he's got a twelve speed, half of that mm. six, and then using a twelve for three twice, almost as good as the Magneto with the double target. Not quite as good because that Magneto can be a thirteen for five with two targets and then split it to deal one max of one to each opponent. That's not terrible. Um, and then Mr. Sinister is probably like the real, the real linchpin in the build because he's got outwit shape change for his first three clicks. He's got phasing teleport sidestep and stealth for his first three clicks. He's got poison ESD um, just it targets through hindering, so if like you have stealth, that's not helping you. He's just doing a lot of stuff for this team, and he's only 40. So the the last three figures that we just talked about total are less than half your build. It's 135 points. And Mr. Sinister being able to outwit, so like if you outwit Invincible, I mean, you really don't need to outwit Invincible. It only reduces by two now. Um, doesn't even do the max of like three damage anymore but mr sinister being able to outwit something and poison you Sabretooth being able to flurry you magneto being able to side blast you doesn't mean like so if they've got a reducer of impervious magneto can get through that with his psychic blast if they still have it mr sinister can outwit it and either poison him or let Sabretooth flurry through it uh there's just so many options with just these three figures and then there's so many figures that fit really well around them. Yeah. So yeah, robot that. has there's... a lot of help. That Tri Sentinel, it has access to the Dooms because one of the Dooms is a robot. Yeah. All caps Doom. So, so you can have a themed really good. robot team and then swap the Doom to any other Doom. Both Mad mm -hmm. Thinkers, the regular and the Prime. Uh, the regular one has Outwit. And then does perplex, but only to target characters with robot keywords. So you've got an outwit perplex for 20 points. The prime just gives you probability control regardless of range and line of fire for robots. So oh, for yeah. 40 points, you have a perplex slash outwit depending on what click you're on. And, it's and the like prime is just board six clicks prime. long for no reason. Like yeah. really like deep dial. Like it's got no defense power, sure. But it is just kind of six clicks long, and also when it dies, you just you just switch it over to the thirteen A Mad Thinker on its on its whatever red. So it only has two clicks of life then, or whatever. But still, like, but yeah, so it's an eight click long figure for whatever song. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of other robots, robots to look through, but as far as like what you'll actually see. Basically, take those first three, Magneto, Sabretooth, Mr. Sinister, combine another 165 points, however you decide, with, like, equipments, mm -hmm. uh, retaliation, you know, whatever. 
support powers. It doesn't need a lot, but uh, the previous two teams that we talked about, like the the Wonder Woman team, could double action most of this stuff. Sabretooth right. has Battle Fury, so he's not able to be targeted with Incap. So at most, they're giving him an action token with Giganta, which means that he's able to do other stuff. Mister Sinister yeah. being able to outwit is probably going to be able to take out an Incap on a Wonder Woman although she can just shifting focus to a different one, so it's not really going to help him a whole lot, but it'll at least yeah. minimize how many times she gets to swing with that. Um, right. But yeah, like it does a lot of stuff. And then for the Secret Six, at most they're dealing one to these guys. So if they throw Sky Tyrant all the way across the map or they throw the Rookie Bystander all the way across the map, at most they're just dealing these guys one, which is also mm-hmm. super solid. Um, and these guys don't really care about being outwitted because those are traits that only take one damage. So that's not something that you can outwit. You can outwit a standard power that a trait gives you, but you can't outwit a trait full stop. So yeah, I mean, it's a very viable against those other two teams that we talked about. Very viable team that could be played. Very solid. Very, it's just, it's a well-rounded team. Uh, considering what is very prominent yeah. for right now. So we have some events coming up. So like Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'll be down there. Simeon will then be playing in the Scott Porter Silver Age this weekend. But in Tulsa, which is the first really big Modern Age event that will happen a day before the really big Modern Age event online that will happen. So there's two really good events coming up here, which if you're not playing in anything before then, cool. You get to see... Uh, these things. And trust me, in Tulsa, I will make sure I post those uh, on the Dial for Heroes Facebook page. Those, in quotes, being the top eight or top 16 build sheets, if they don't throw them away before I can get my hands on them. Because they'll be like, who's cowboy hat guy? Don't know. Don't care. They won't even be like that. They'll just be like, all right, cool. Here's the things. All right, no one else needs to see these. And I'll be like, no, wait, I want us to see those for research purposes, for making sure the people know purposes. And he'll be like, who are you? Get away. Don't don't take pictures of these sheets. And I'm like, no, let me take pictures. Let me take pictures of those sheets. I want those sheet pictures. I want the build sheet pictures. So, yeah, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I think the online event, uh, someone should post those somewhere, I hope. Uh, if not, it'll be in that whatever Discord they make. And soon you'll be able to get those six, six, six screenshots, I hope. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and if you're not playing through Intermodern, Watch those events, see what happens. You know, some of this stuff, we could get thrown with a curveball of something else I didn't see coming. Because there's, you know, lots of things that aren't as obvious as Wonder Woman or Secret Six or Robots. Robots has just been good for a while. And I think it just has a lot of, you know, yeah. solid That's support. What won South Dakota it, you know? States so, in 2020. Yeah. So it's, exactly. it's not like it's gotten any worse since then. Uh, if anything, it's gotten a lot better because anytime they release sure. new robot stuff, uh, and that's that's like keep an eye on keywords because if if like monsters doing really good and then a new set comes out and releases the secret six that all have monster keyword there's a good chance that monster teams are going to get a little boost from that so if you and this is it's been like an hour of just telling people what to expect in the meta which is the worst thing that I can think of talking about for an hour but yeah, if you truly want to branch out and get into like the meta for some terrible reason, at least this is like a primer 
and you kind of know what to expect. Because the one thing I truly dislike about Heroclix is how much of a disparity there is between like a local WKO tournament and like home play. Because you can home play and you can do like small venue stuff and have fun for like years and think you've got a good grasp on the game and be like, oh, a competitive team. Yeah, I've I once played like a Nihilus and got rid of my opponent's power cosmic. So I'll do that and I'll do this and this. I'll have two outwits. It's a great team. And then you go to a competitive team, like competitive event, and all of a sudden people start blasting you with like ID cards and retaliation and like equipments and you're like I didn't even know about these things so hopefully if you're one of those people that wants to branch from casual play to meta this will give you at least like the bare minimum kind of idea of what to expect that being said I kind of hate talking about this stuff yeah, I'm kind of done, dude. It's let's let's like answer some listener questions because yes. like my soul has been sucked out of my body. Pretty much the worst. I the worst part is I got to like drive to Tulsa this weekend, which means I'm gonna have to talk about this for eight hours or whatever, and that's gonna really suck. So, uh, what do they call the Phoenix? Hey, Nest look, van? is it like? It. I mean, it is. It is the Phoenix, Phoenix Nest van, like Phoenix bus van. Phoenix. No, it's called Lucas's uncle's van. That's or <laughs> van. It's not a van. It's a suburban. <laughs> Lucas Van Holland. Hey, oh, that took us all two seconds to figure that out. Congratulations. There are dozens of us. Dozens! Hey, we got some freaking listener questions over on the Discord. If you want to join our Discord or just send us some questions, you can do that. You can freaking sign up for our Patreon. Give us, give us some money. And then you'll be allowed in our Discord where we have all sorts of cool fun and conversation. Uh, You can join... Discord by supporting us on Patreon. If you enjoy the videos, the podcasts, everything we do, either on YouTube or, of course, on the show, you can do that. And as little as $1 a month instantly gets you Discord benefits, instantly gets you entered into a raffle each month. So it's really cool. Uh, Anyways, Discord questions. Uh, Alex, the Enchanter, uh, asks me and Simeon, what are our favorite Golden Age maps? And then our favorite map that we just like playing on, even if it's not like, you know, like a good map necessarily. Like if it's not like Waka Kakanda and it's like, oh, it's a good map. I like playing on it. Instead, he's like, what's just a good map that's like, hey, the map looks cool or it's got a good design or whatever that you enjoy playing on. So my personal favorite Golden Age map, uh, just because I've played so much on it, is Utopia West Outdoor from Avengers versus X-Men. It's got a little bit of water. It's got a little bit of elevated. It's an outdoor map. A little bit of hindering. A little bit, of, a little bit of blocking, not a whole lot. It's just really fun, rounded map, and I've played so many games on it. I've been able to really explore uh, how different areas of that map feel at certain points in the game. So I really like Utopia West Outdoor for my personal favorite Golden Age map. Simeon, a favorite Golden Age map. And so typically, my like my go-to Golden Age map, if I'm building a team that's specific to it, is from Fear itself. And it's the, what is it called? The the Pacific Ocean map. The whole map, for the most part, is water terrain. They're still elevated and hindering and blocking, but the entire map is water. That being said, one of like my favorite parts about Elseworlds and What If were the maps. So I really like the Junkyard map and the Barroom Brawl or whatever it was called, the Tavern maps, because they just really felt like a solid location. The junkyard was like 
almost like a open outdoor map. Let's just like butt heads in the middle, except the entirety of the middle was this like terrible swamp that if you went into, you were stuck. So you had to be a little bit careful about like how you moved on that one. And then the barroom brawl, or I, I wish I actually remembered the name of that one. Uh, the barroom map from uh, Elseworlds was just like this perfect combination of blocking. It was like indoor blocking, indoor hindering, and then elevated around like the edges that just always made every match that happened on there seem equal. Both teams seemed like they had an equal opportunity. So whether you were like the first player or the second player, it seemed like you weren't at a disadvantage. Uh, if you were second player, your opponent probably moved like halfway up the map and you're like, all right, well, I've got all this like all this elevated here where they can't target me unless they come up here or I've got all this hindering down here where I can get into stealth or alternatively, maybe I can like set up a TK and just meet them in the middle already. The the like saloon, the indoor saloon, that's what it was called. Oh, the high um, noon saloon. High yeah. noon saloon, yeah. Um, that was one of my favorites because I never felt like I was putting my opponent at a, at a disadvantage when I put him on that map. That was always like a clean, a clean barroom brawl. Fun. That was it. Oddly enough, that was a fun map to play on, though. I will agree. I do like that map. I really do. Um, he then goes on to say, "What's our just favorite, whatever map? Not just like a normal Golden Age map, but like personal favorite map." I personally really like the WWE Training Center, just because I think it's funny that it's a gym. I don't know. That's I, I always pack that when it's like a fun common night. Um. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but I really enjoy WWE Training Center and then like a map that doesn't give me much of a benefit at all most of the time. But I, I do like the let them in map, the uh, oh, Wakanda, yeah. Wakanda Infinity Outriders. War map. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's just a really fun map to play on. It's very simple, but uh, I always like I do always like packing that just because it's cool. Yeah, uh, my favorite go to map currently is the Orville Bridge map. Uh, we never got a Star Trek bridge. And so when the Orville set came out and they had a single sided, there's a completely blank white side to this map. They could have easily made two, but uh, single sided map. The bridge map was what I was like longing for with all the Star Trek sets. And it's just like a fun, you know, like a, in the like quote unquote bridge portion the blocking can't be destroyed because you'd get sucked out into space. That would be terrible. Oh. Uh, and then the other side has like all these rooms and stuff that you can go into. So again, it like gives your opponent like kind of an advantage depending on which side they'd like. They can either go into the, the side where the blocking can't be destroyed or they can go into the side where all the rooms can be entered and exited. Um, I really like that map though. It just, it's a very simplistic kind of idea as far as, like there's not it's not ancient hold where there's just tons of like doors and you have to like rotate around to get through any blocking and stuff like that it's like a straightforward map and then there's just a few rooms off to the side okay yeah dude i'll, I'll vibe i'll vibe with that as as the kids as the kids say the children's the children say uh, but yeah, so that was all our map questions. We sort of answered uh, iZone Bill also in our Discord asked like what maps are really prominent 
or that he should look for in competitive. We sort of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, in competitive, but just like a real quick thing. Um, I recently played a tournament where a dude had never been on ancient hold, even though it's been out for like two years. Um, and he didn't know what doors were. So like, you know, look at maps that are played a lot. So ancient hold is played a ton because it's a very oppressive indoor blocking, heavy line of fire, cutting off map. And it's got doors and doors are just yeah. blocking terrain for line of fire purposes for movement. Walk right through them. A lot of fire, like adjacency purposes. Yeah. Blocking. And like, pretty simple. When it comes to doors, um, if you can't like move, if there's two people on one side of a door and you're on the other side of the door, if you can't move through characters, you can't like open that door and go through. You also can't target them. Yeah. It's like they're holding the door shut. So there's a lot of like little door interactions that are, uh, if you don't know how they work, it's, you know, a big surprise. I will say um, any map that has a location bonus for the most part, there's some that the location bonus just isn't ever used, but any map that has a location bonus, assume that it might be used by somebody. Uh, a good version, like a good idea of like what a location bonus is, the Latvarian village that came with the Cosmic Clash so um, this one is at the beginning of the game, you choose a friendly character to gain mastermind, but only to choose a friendly Latvarian peasant. And then at the beginning of the game, generate three Latvarian peasants in different orange squares, which are marked on the map. Uh, if the chosen character is named Dr. Doom, you get to generate six instead. It's not optional. It just says generate. Um, so you, you, you don't have the choice. They just are generated at the beginning of the I'm game. Not say anything. Um, it's not mm -hmm. a May, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's just you generate these variants. Mm -hmm. Also, it's it's five points or zero points if every character on your starting force has the Latveria keyword. So that's also a really good one. Uh, but specifically that for the Latvarian peasants, giving mastermind to characters that don't normally have it is really solid. Uh, but there are a ton of special rule maps and a ton of location bonus maps earth x was one of like the biggest ones with the uh what was it the iron man mansion or iron man tower or whatever it was yeah Avengers yeah the tower. stark tower indoor yeah stark tower indoor, you mean? yeah so it was like iron man's face but you could generate through the map bonus for five points if you were on that map you could generate um bystanders depending on like your roles which was just yep. real solid. And then when you don't get those maps, you usually get some sort of consolation. So also keep those in mind. But yeah, um, I think Ancient Hold's probably the only map that I really hate to be put on. But alternatively, I think what there's like a WizKid, there's some sort of like WizKid's police headquarters map that's equally like got doors and elevated and like, just kind of like a headache to get placed on that one as well. Um, so yeah, anything that you see on build lists is probably being played clearly. And then anything that is like heavy indoor, heavy walls, doors, whatever, probably being played. Any map that like looks like just like a headache, assume somebody is going to put it on their build. Because if it looks like a headache when you first see it, 
it's going to be a real headache when you play on it. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, that's that's honestly kind of true. When you really when you really think about it, if it looks like a headache to look at, it's going to be a headache to play on. Um, And then, you know, just types of maps, really, really open maps, really open outdoor maps, really blocky, blocky indoor maps, really blocky, blocky outdoor maps, stuff like that. Um, and then WWE elevated arena, to a um, point doesn't wedding, have as much effect as uh, blocking does. Metal but, arena, all of those yeah, are metal great arena. open maps. If you yeah. get choice of map, if your opponent chooses one of those maps, assume they're going to hit you very soon because uh, most people aren't going to pick one of those maps and then just stay in their starting area. Um, they're probably going to reach across the map and slap you pretty good. For sure. Uh, and then Luke, Luke, Luke on our Discord went and asked us all some power-related questions. Uh, so he says, if you're playing before pink powers, community members were complaining, blah, 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 how useless and dumb sidestep, precision striker, and power would be throughout his area and stuff. So basically what he says is, hey, what if we had to make a new power set? What color would you pick? And what would the powers be? Uh I'm not, you know, I'm a creative person in some ways. I don't like the, I'm not a game design person. So I honestly wouldn't know what I would want powers to be. It really expanded my brain to try to think of ones that were at least WWE specific when Malcolm asked those questions a while ago. Um, yeah. But I jokingly said I would like some denim and plaid powers uh, just because that'd be funny. Yeah. You know? As much as that is a joke, but, uh, I actually. Yes think that's a good answer because my version of this answer so i've played with several people that are either mostly colorblind or like slightly colorblind or completely colorblind where they have to ask you constantly like what color is on like the dial and so i oh, yeah. rather than adding like a lighter shade of brown or you know because we've already got a light and dark shade of green a light and dark shade of blue um We've got silver, we've got a light shade. Well, I mean, there's red and pink, which isn't really like different shades. It's two different colors, but close enough. Um, I would really like to see like more, if we were going to add powers, I'd like it to be seen in like the WWE sort of fashion where they've got a different symbol. It's like a circle around the color that like makes that stick out differently. Um, or alternatively, just do it as like a pattern kind of thing. Give them like a sharp shooter kind of symbol, but on like the color power. So they don't have the sharpshooter on their dial, but like the color is just sharpshooter. So it's like, you know, if the, if they ever made the flurry at range power, it would just be like Ooh, right. red speed, but it's it has like crosshairs. Yeah. And so it's like okay. flurry, but range. So you can combo that with the running shot, but you know, It'd be called like double tap or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I, I didn't come up with a ton of powers for this because uh, someone in our Discord answered it probably a lot better than I would have. Yep, they sure did. Yeah, so... Oh, uh, cool. I, this is where Simeon will read that now because I'm good. Alex I'm the Enchanter said killing it. turquoise slash petrol color. I, I assume petrol is oily black. I don't I don't know. Um, well, turquoise is like, is that, is that like Dr. Manhattan blue? Is yeah, that turquoise? Is turquoise that? is okay. bluish green as far as I yeah, know. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but he says, 
all about disrupting your opponent's plans. That's so, sort of what in-cap is, isn't it? Isn't in-cap already kind of that color, you know? Like, kinda. aren't those yeah, in-cap barrier like that prob? That's why I said, like, a little... I'd prefer, like, a, a different yeah. symbol or, like, a different pattern over a color because uh, the colors are already don't come out quite right. Um, we saw that in Secret Wars Battle World. They had to, like, fix a bunch of dials because the colors didn't come out completely accurate. But uh, his colors were, so turquoise petrol color. So for the move version, it would be called grapple free. Place one adjacent figure into another empty adjacent square, which I think is like awesome. It seems like a power that would be better comboed with like sidestep charge something. But also it would work on its own because I could move my full speed, then like move like the character adjacent to me behind me. And then maybe the characters that I had behind that haven't moved yet can make an attack or something like that. Um, and then the attack version of this color would be neutralization power. Place four markers, uh, same adjacency as smoke cloud wording. Characters in these markers cannot have their combat values replaced or modified, which, I mean, it's it's not as amazing as smoke cloud because smoke cloud grants you like stealth and stuff like that but it does work in the same vein as smoke cloud minusing one to your opponent's attack value. So uh, neutralization cloud, just having like a kind of aura around you where your opponents can't be bumped up to high heaven. They can't use combat right. reflexes or uh, close combat expert. I could see that being a both offensive and defensive power. So that's kind of good. Uh, and then the defense version would be stoic. This character cannot have its combat values negatively modified. So kind of like a reverse of the weird world trait where your opponent couldn't modify their defense value or attack value. But this one doesn't let your uh, combat value be modified. So that's pretty good. I could see that working with like a defend pretty well. I like it. Yeah. And it's not like overly powerful. So it's it fits in like the vein of like where I could stack that with other powers and not feel like I'm really busting the game. And then the damage version of this color would be protection aura roll a or power roll at one D six adjacent friendly characters cannot be targeted by opposing care, opposing figures more than X squares away where X is the result minus one. So, I mean, I think this is the one this is like too close to like Exodus and too close to like the dolphins uh, symbol. Yeah. Where I think a power action roll, if I roll like a five, adjacent friendly characters can't be targeted by opposing characters more than X squares away. So it'd be if I roll five, it's a four because minus one. That just seems way too good. Uh, if it was plus one, then that makes it a little bit better. Because if I roll a one and then it's just like opposing or adjacent friendly characters can't be targeted. But uh, as is, this is this is pretty busted, I think. Uh, not being able to be targeted from pretty much. I mean, it's like shard. It's like uh, white queen. It's like um, behind the scenes traits. It's similar to WWE if you roll really well. It's like a lot of like the different powers where you're protected from range and being targeted and targeted especially means like outwit perplex 
as well as attacks. So that's the main reason why this one's a little bit too powerful. That being said, I could see this as like a special power for sure. Special power. Oh yeah. But not, not a standard power. No offense. Not quite, not quite a standard power. Yeah. It just seems a little too, too good to be something that like happens on multiple dials for sure. Um, mm. But yeah, I really liked those answers and I didn't bother coming up with my own because those all put mine to shame. So I didn't even, yeah, I mean, those, I was like, here. Oh, I don't have good yeah. ideas. That's, that's how you are always. I mean, you never have good ideas, but yeah, yeah. that is a, uh, those are some sweet questions. And like I said, you can do those on Patreon or if you just want to do normal questions, you can message us on Twitter or Facebook dial H for hero clicks on all those places. Instagram, Dial H for Hero Clicks. You want to watch awesome videos? Check us out on youtube.com slash Dial H for Hero Clicks. Or just go to YouTube, type in Dial H for Hero Clicks, baby. We're there. Great content. We got freaking live gameplay videos every single month. Sometimes they'll be wacky and dumb or just cool and creative, whatever you want to call it. Or we'll just have some Roll20 slash some uh, tabletop simulator, some 3D online Heroclix videos. And we always, we're doing unboxing, so I've got an unboxing video up there right now for the Wonder Woman set. There'll be another unboxing being released on Monday. And we just like to have good, good fun time on our YouTube. So check that out. Guys, I want to thank you, because the other day I was looking at the podcast and I was just checking and seeing how many listeners we had. And we're up to almost uh, 1,500 listeners of the show and that's really really impressing me so i'm like i want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show and seeing just how many people are enjoying it and liking it and sticking around and having a good time with simeon and i so thank you guys so much appreciate it but yeah that's that's what i have i really hope i've got the competitive talk for like 30 minutes yeah didn't hopefully they didn't totally yeah um What's I don't I don't know. What's weird about Heroclix is there is like a it used to be like a sharp learning curve just to get into the game. I think the sharp learning curve's kind of more gradual with the new rules changes. But the learning curve from going from like being able to play the game to being able to compete at like a competitive level is always gonna be really sharp, especially with like the with a low level entry for like learning the game picture a line graph so what used to be let's say like two inches up was the learning curve that has been dropped to one inch but at the end of the curve on the right side is still the competitive play and that hasn't changed so what used to be like a steep learning curve to get into the game and then a slightly steeper learning curve to get into competitive is a slightly less steep to get into game and then what seems like an extremely drastic steep slope to get into competitive play now. But anyhow. Yeah, man. Let's do the <laughs> Jedi Legend Heroclix tip of the week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Jedi Legend says Heroclix tip of the week. Look at that dial top. Does it have two or more lightning bolts? Oh, it does? Then you can target that many opposing pieces in close combat as well as ranged combat. Split your damage amongst hit targets. He says, pow, flap, kazang. I don't know what punching or shooting noise makes a kazang or kazang sound. 
It's British, I can't think right? it's a lot. Yeah, it's just if you oh, get that's punched if you get punched people. in the UK it sounds different than here. So here it's more of like a thunk thud kind of like a, a meat versus meat. And they go kazang gabna. But there that, yeah, that over there happened? it's more of like a, a hollow echo well, when, they, when they punch you in the head. It's like Boy, oh, you are you are a breathing like license. Are you allowed to be breathing over here on this part of the subway? Got <laughs> license for that taking that breath. Boy, I don't reckon you do that, in it. I've been watching yeah. a lot of uh, Doctor Who lately, and that's oh, I'm spot sorry. on. I'm not even gonna lie; that's that's a hundred percent spot on. That accent. I mean, with their budget and my budget, both of them are the same, so it makes sense. <laughs> Get it? Because their effects are bad. All right. Wow. Uh, that was uh, that was our general legendary of the week. Uh, real quick, shout out to the forty-two people that listen to us in Japan. Shout out to the two people that listen to us in India. Shout out to the one guy that listens to us in China. Shout out to the other guy that listened to us in Russia. Uh, and shout out to the two people in Finland. I know Tiamu is our Finnish boy over there. Uh, shout out to the one guy that listens to us in Brazil. Really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys. It's it's awesome. I love looking at the Podbean map and seeing what random countries. I shouldn't say random countries, but which countries I wouldn't expect listeners to be from. Listen, and that's really, really cool. And I really like that. Sadly, yeah. we do not have any listeners in Antarctica uh, yet, but maybe, maybe. It's a Never Patreon know. stretch goal. We'll go to Antarctica and do a live episode from there yeah. and then do whatever that weird marathon is that they run around Antarctica. Uh, oh, geez. You, you like, think either of us could realistically do that? Oh, a marathon? I couldn't. <laughs> Survive in the cold? Also, no. Combine the two? We've got one less podcaster on this. Very true. Yeah. Very, very uh, true. But I mean, if, if right. the patrons send us there, I mean, if they say if you send us enough money to cover for a flight to Antarctica, heck, we will we'll do it. I think Elon tell Musk has a price, and he'll send me to Mars. So, if somehow Elon hears this and sends me to Mars, I'll try my best to continue from there. I will likely die. I don't think they have any food there. But I'll try. Just keep bumping the stretch goals up until they're impossible. That's so, right. I mean, already our stretch goal for $200 is probably seemingly impossible at this point. I kid. I kid. Yeah. Who wants to hit that stretch goal? Just go ahead and donate. We're only $91 <laughs> away. And we're going to do really cool tokens. So... Yeah, like check out the tokens we already have there. And Simi and I are going to start making bystander tokens here soon. Once we figure out how computers and editing technology works, there's all sorts of cool stuff in the future. So thank you guys so much for listening. Simeon, have you done the readout yet? I was honestly spacing out a little bit. I ain't going to lie. Oh, don't you don't know mean, if I can say. You mean have I funny said word yet? Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. From the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products to all kinds of other board games and miniatures. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Happy trails. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional Heroclix. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the 100? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how they, six uh, people think I am funny. It's a hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which, you absolute fools. It's
not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clips like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, back some. Let's attack Jimmy because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow.